Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. Not just any episode, Girl. the season finale for oh, season two. <laughs> I can't believe we made it. Oh we my did. God, we made it. I'm so proud of us. Me too, me too. And this one, okay, this one did not disappoint. They, I, they showed I, yeah. out. Can, you can vouch for me, Ken. Girl. I wrote a whole book. Of oh notes. yeah, girl. Yeah. You, I mean, when you I got the book and the sequel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, I literally have notebooks of notes for each episode. So yeah, I literally wrote a book on this one. Yeah. So this is gonna be the longest podcast in the history of podcasts. Yeah, and we we here for it. Okay, like girl, how many times for hour? Ooh, and jumping, and I mean, like it, yeah, I could not wait to watch this episode with you. Girl, I mean, crazy. Yeah. Cra- uh, this is, this, <laughs> let's, just, let's get into it. Let's get into let's it. Let's get okay, into it. So I'm already going to start out on something because. Come on. Okay. So we start with Michael and Justin and they are in Michael's store and they are unboxing the first printings of Rage. Mm-hmm. And it's an exciting moment, moment for the two of them. Michael is overjoyed and he says, you know, this was just a story in my head. And already I'm like, you a goddamn lot. <laughs> That ain't your damn story. You know what I'm saying? Like, that ain't your damn that story. That story was not in your head. No. You are literally retelling Justin's bashing. That but okay, part. girl. Okay. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. It should have been written and story <laughs> by. Yeah, because it's a story by Michael Novotny, yeah. art by Justin Taylor. Yeah. Mm. No, 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 no. <laughs> Michael always doing the most. Stop putting your name on shit. Stop claiming it. it ain't yours, okay? You should be happy that the boy worked with you. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, come on now. Uh, uh, okay, but I got to move forward and we will never get through this. Okay, but it's cool. So I'm going to let Michael have that this time. Mm. Uh, but this is the first time Justin has seen his work in print. And uh, for Michael, comics were his whole life. So to be a creator and not just a consumer, that's a huge accomplishment for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm happy for the both of them. I really am. And I'm, I'm, in the very beginning, you know, I was extremely excited for the two of them just to be working together because they were actually going to build a relationship. Right. And I felt like the only way that Justin and Brian was actually going to move forward is if he accepted Michael into that. So I was happy to see that they were actually working together on something. Yeah. But, I mean... Like, I feel like Justin always made space for Michael to be there, but it was just like they've kind of got to get themselves reconciled because we yeah. ha- we've got this weird triangle with us, and so we've just kind of got to reconcile each person's role in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. I mean, where he could just keep his lips up off of his man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, God, I know that's your best friend, but come on now, you ain't got a French every time you see him. Like, yeah. Get it together. Uh, so Brian comes in to join them, and things are a bit uneasy between him and Justin because the last time we saw them together is when Brian was making it known to Justin that he knows about his little dalliances. <laughs> So as they're showing everything to Brian, Michael is nervous. He's worried about the public perception of their work. And when Justin asks him why he would be nervous, why people wouldn't like it, and Brian says, well, you know, have no idea how fickle the gay community can be. And really, that's any community. <laughs> no, nah, but he for real, like, we, we'll get cutthroat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, we're breaking everything down. It's a cartoon. Uh, his little outfit didn't match his cape. Nope. Why is his um? Why is his mask that color? And, and his pool too tight. I can't yeah. even see. No, we were, we were ripped at the shreds. Okay. Yeah, well, to try to prevent that or undercut that, Brian has invited everyone to a release party. And he's bought advertising. He set up interviews. He kept his word. He told them that he wanted to do this for them. And so he did it. He created a whole ad campaign that should have raids flying off the shelf. Yeah. I mean, he did more than did it. This boy came through. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
just the, the, the little flyer for the party is gorgeous. You mm-hmm. know, he set up, I mean, a whole press junket for it. You know, um, the, the hundreds or thousands of dollars. I don't know how much he put into it, into the actual campaign, but he went above and beyond. Yeah. I, that was a proud moment for me. Yeah. I was so happy to see Brian do that. They didn't ask for it. They probably forgot about it. He came right on through with right. it. And I mean, zero question asked. I was just like blown away. Well, he treated them like they were one of his, his clients, clients, like a mm-hmm. new account for him. And so... And he didn't just do it because, like, oh, sure, whatever. You know, he really worked on this. And he saw how much work they put into it as well, mm-hmm. you know. Because in the beginning, you know, he was jealous and felt left out. Right. And then he could see that, you know, hey, they actually own to something. They're working well together. This is going to be something big. They're passionate about this. And, I mean, I'm glad he got involved. Yeah. He makes a reference to them being able to retire in Palm Springs off the profit of the sales. Now, the first time we heard that reference, or at least one of the first times we hear it, Brian is talking to Debbie about a future for him and Michael. And he's like, oh, you know, maybe one day when we're old, queers will retire to Palm Springs and be together, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I still hold firm that that was said in just. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but a lot has changed since that comment was made. And so Justin's now invited to the Palm Springs retirement party. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad he made it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Justin has to get to class, so he's heading out. And uh, there's no goodbye kiss for Brian or really no acknowledgement at all that would suggest that they are together. Well, Uh, I wouldn't give him nothing either. I feel like Justin's needs still have not been met. Yes, thank you. You came through for the party. I appreciate that. But home home life? Mm -mm. Mm-mm. The cookie joint's closed, baby. (laughs) You don't get no kiss. You don't get no cookies. No nothing. You starving. You know, I think that We'll get into it, but I think that they both have some needs that are not being being met. Hell no. <laughs> but let's get into that, though. We'll, we'll get into that later, like we you will, said. Yeah, uh-uh. we, will, we will go there later. So as But as he's leaving, and it's kind of like this cold exit, he knows that Brian knows, that he knows, that Brian knows that he knows. You know? So I think it's a little bit of guilt and uncertainty, and still a little bit of disappointment that has him walking out with saying anything to Brian. But Brian also has left the ball in Justin's court, but I do think he was wanting something, a goodbye kiss, an acknowledgement, just something. Yeah, I mean, that would be, you know, the proper thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be the proper thing to do. But, I mean, hell, Justin, like, I'm not faking nothing. Right, because they clearly have not talked everything through. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Brian watches him leave, and he tries to feign indifference, but he throws out, you know, see you tonight. And I think he's just testing the waters, but also to maybe save face in front of Michael. And Justin's answer is, uh, sure. And I'm like, oh. I didn't like that, though. Because, yeah. I mean, I know y'all beefing and stuff. Yeah, but, but like, y'all live together. Yeah. And, and that truly is Bay, though. Like, you yeah. know, like, you can be mad at Bay, but you don't, you don't, you still, I mean, like, come on now, give the cold shoulder, but am I see you tonight? Maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like, that sure was yeah. like a maybe. Yeah. You know? Well, and this is different now because Brian knows that Justin has other options. And yeah. so it could be that Justin's going to take advantage of those other options. So, in a way, it's a very subtle, which one of us gets you tonight? Right, exactly. Almost. Like, are you coming with me or are you going elsewhere tonight? Right. You know? I just wish that, I mean, I know what Justin wants. I just wish that he could pick up on, Brian even asking that question Right. is a sign of his affection or that's him telling you, like, hey, I want you. Right. Because he don't, Brian would never, would never do that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I wish he I know, he, he just, just, like, can't see. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so, like, uh. Brian turns around as Justin leaves and he's like, Come looking after him, like, really? Is that is that all? Is it gonna like leave me in limbo here? And Brian turns around and shrugs it off for Michael's sake, but Michael can see that this hurts Brian, so he's there with a kiss and an I love you. I know, I mean, it's his way of supporting his friend, but I'm still a little salty toward Michael because of his snitching. And not only that, 
if you were so worried about Brian, Ju- Brian and Justin and their relationship, how come you didn't go to Brian after Justin came to you when he was hurt and upset about the Vermont-Chicago thing, you know, mm-hmm. and tell him that Justin was feeling abandoned? And you could have suggested, hey, Brian, maybe you want to go talk to Justin about this. Or, hey, he came to me with this. You know, he said last episode, well, I'm worried about Brian and Justin. If that's the truth, if you really care about the success of their relationship, how come you only share the things that would serve to push them apart, not the things that would they could work on to strengthen their relationship? Yeah, because his real he thinks that he's doing a great service by telling Brian some messy shit. Michael only feeds off that. I mean, I think a part of him, yes, we all know a part of him. Loves Brian deeply. Mm-hmm. But another part is also envious as well. You know he has to be envious. All those years, Brian has always gotten everything he wanted. Michael's always been, you know, little sidekick. Hell, he's a sidekick in the book. <laughs> in his you know own comic in book. In his own comic book. So, I mean, he's always been the sidekick. I feel like he he intentionally try to... He, I, I don't want to, like, you know, stab him and, and kill him. But I just want to <laughs> poke him a little bit. Like, yeah, I just always I feel like he's know. poking the bear. It's a compelling thing the way that they wrote Michael to where his motives are a lot of times unclear and mm-hmm. you don't know, like, is he a good guy and he's really just doing a good thing? I think in his mind he thinks he is, but it's like, is that how I'm supposed to read him? I, I don't know. And look, I'm not blaming Michael for what's going on with Brian and Justin. I'm just saying, if you care like you say you care, I have some follow-up questions for you. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's just very one-sided. I'm not yeah. here for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Uh, so then Michael and Ben are having dinner with Debbie and Vic. And it's nice because Ben is family now. And Debbie and Vic are looking through the comic and they recognize some of the characters. There's JT, Zephyr, Rage. There should also be an evil chiropractor in there that Michael referenced in a previous yep, episode. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh We find out that Debbie, Michael, and Vic have been taking a two-week vacation to the Poconos every summer. And they invite Ben to join them this year. And Ben says... He'd be happy to go if it doesn't interfere with his plans to go to a Buddhist academy in Tibet. And, uh, yeah, that seemingly came out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's a six-month intensive program. It's supposed to be a very profound experience. So. I mean, I love his honesty. But that's a conversation you have by yourself. Yeah. Because you know he hadn't privacy. even told Michael yeah. about that. You hadn't even told Michael yet, but you're going to tell him in front of the whole family. And you already know Debbie knew to you. Yeah, she knew <laughs> so, to you. She knew to liking you. And you already know that your man is dramatic. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, so, I mean, like, definitely you should you should have that, that private conversation. So that wasn't the right time to say that at the dinner table when everything's going smooth. Like, I was happy for you. And Debbie can be so damn sweet. Like, yeah. I mean, God, I love her again now. Like, the way she was treating Ben, I was just like, oh, girl, let it go. Let it go. <laughs> He's grown. Your son is grown. But, yeah, she, she welcomed him in. Uh, but yeah, he should have had that conversation with Michael beforehand. Yeah, or just been like, oh, you know, we'll talk about it, yeah. and then just buy some time so that y'all can yeah. go to the side. And I have gotta that check my schedule. Yeah, you know? <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, over at the gym, uh, Michael is telling the guys about Ben in this six month program that he wants to do in Tibet, and he's talking to Emmett and Brian and Ted. And they're like, oh, you know, it would require him to be sober and celibate and all this other stuff. Like, oh, he's not going to go. He's just thinking about it, but he's he's not going to do it. But Michael's not so sure. Because, he you know, that's not Ben's type of life anyway. Ben's not like, I mean, yes, he's, he's going to go out and party wherever Michael wants to go. But I feel like being, you know, at the clubs and stuff, that's just not him. You yeah. Know? He don't need the drinking. He doesn't need the drugs and the things like that. I mean... As long as he has a good book, something creative going on, and right. the love he's of his life, he's good. Some, like, yeah, self-reflection, yeah, exactly, and things like that. Yeah, so yeah, Michael's like, uh, you know, I'm not so sure he's not going to go to that. Uh, we see Justin, and he is back in bed with Ethan, 
And Ethan suggests that instead of Justin going clubbing with his boyfriend on Friday, he go to the country with him and they can park under the stars and watch the meteor showers. And Justin says he can't because Brian is giving him a party. Well, Ethan makes a joke at Brian's expense and I'm tempted to shave his face in retaliation. (laughs) But the truth is that Ethan has not done anything to me personally. Although I know a lot of fans hate him on principle, though. (laughs) I mean, you can't hate the player. You got to hate the game when it comes to Ethan. (laughs) But what I am tired of, like, okay, Justin, like I said, Brian is bae. You're mad at him. But you over here all booed up. Right. Okay, I don't like the whole cuddle session. You Netflixing and chilling. Uh, uh, Stop. Get the hell up. (laughs) You you could even tell this man you're gonna come home tonight, but you rushing over to this man's bed. Yeah. Like, I mean, get your little thought box ass up. You know what I'm saying? Right now, put some clothes on. This man, you got this man falling in love, his nose wide open and shit. And over here talking about let's drive out to the country and look at the look at the what under the stars? The meteor showers. Look at the media showers. This no, stop it right now. Cause you're pissing me <laughs> off now. It yeah. was fun and cute. No, it ain't cute no more. Well, anyway, Justin tells him this party is not for his birthday. It's for rage. And Ethan says, oh, he must love you a lot. And Justin says, in his way. And Ethan says, but not in yours. And okay, fine. I mean, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Ah. <laughs> but I think, I do think what Ethan says is not exactly accurate. Um, I think, and we'll we'll delve into this more later, if I remember. Uh, but I think Justin really isn't sure of what his way is, you know. Right. Um, as in Justin's way. Uh, or at least he doesn't really trust what his way is right now. Here. True. Or maybe Ethan's only saying those things because when someone's telling a story, I mean, other than myself, because I always give the whole story. <laughs> um, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, but when, uh, you know, when someone's telling a story, you always get my, you know what I'm saying, perspective. So it's like, oh, Brian doesn't tell me he loves me. Brian doesn't do this and that. Brian, da 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 He doesn't see what Brian actually does for Justin. Right. When, when Justin is smiling and happy and all, all those type of things, you know. So I'm just like, boy, stay in your lane. You were just, you knew you were a side piece. Stay in your lane. Matter of fact, you should already be slapped because you know the man got, the boy got a man. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Well, Justin's not living in complete denial though. Like he, he knows that Brian gives what he wants to give to their relationship. Right. And, uh, but I do think he wonders if it's enough to sustain not only him, not only Justin, but a relationship right. as well. Um, Okay. Uh, so I want to talk about Justin and uh, romance right quick. Okay. <laughs> if we could do that. So we know that Justin is very free with his love and emotions. I mean, he's still very young, but also just because of his personality and his upbringing, he's more slanted toward traditionally romantic gestures. Yes. But my theory is that that's not really the issue or that's not really what's missing. I think that Justin is dealing with some deep issues that have rocked his self-assurance and his self-esteem. And I think he's feeling less confident and less strong and less certain than he was in the past, like post-bashing, you know, than he was pre-bashing, sorry. Uh, And I think what he wanted is to have someone to shore him up, someone to make him feel like he means something to someone and that it matters that he's here. And so I think he's feeling very insecure and wants to know that he is significant, specifically to Brian. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you. I definitely agree. He's looking to, like you said, he's looking someone to reassure him that you are worth it. You're here for a reason, you know, and you're valuable. And I love you. He wants that significance. You Mm -hmm. know, I think he would like it to come in those words or with certain actions, but he want, but what he ultimately wants is what those things accomplish. Hey, you are significant to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of what their rules were about 
it was Justin wanting to have something that only the two of them could have share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to go a little bit further down this rabbit hole. Well, let's go. <laughs> okay. So we go back to season one. We met a very hopeful and happy Justin. Yes. And he snagged the biggest and baddest set on Liberty Avenue. Come through. <laughs> yeah. And life was great. Mm. But then his family started pa- falling apart. Mm. And then he starts getting bullied by Chris Hobbs. Then that bullying turns into what I'm going to call attempted murder. Yep. Uh, So all of that has traumatized him and it's, it's stolen his unrelenting hope and trust and faith in humanity. And like even in himself in some ways. And so Justin had to very quickly and forcefully wake up to some very uncomfortable truths. Like he learned that that youthful exuberance and optimism that can be snuffed out easily and quickly And all of that fight that we saw in him in season one is missing for the most part here in season two. And I think Justin believed that good and right would win out, but he has since learned that that's not always the case. Right. And so his core beliefs, these things that he held so dearly to, they have been disproved. And so now he's not sure what sure. He's not sure what he's sure of. Basically, No, true. I mean, this whole season for Justin is, is discovery. Yeah, so he's literally just not sure about anything because he really couldn't even trust himself. Yeah, so how can he trust the relationship when he exactly. can't even trust himself? True. And so these are uh, these are just some of the reasons why I think he, he's needing all this reassurance and why he seemed to suddenly need and demand more from Brian. And Brian does try in his way and as much as he's comfortable with, uh, but he has his own issues. And so Justin's neediness is causing Brian to kind of push him away when he starts to feel cornered or pressured. Yeah, so that makes it all worse. Yeah. Uh, I, I just wish that, I mean, yes, I know it makes it all worse, but I also I wish that Brian could realize and see the struggle that Justin's going through. Yes, he's trying to put up a front. Oh, I got this. I'm strong. No one wants to feel weak and feel like a burden. Right. You know, no one wants to feel weak and a burden. I got this. I'm strong. When he's being needy like that, I mean, that's your time to step up to the plate and for you to be rage and save me. Also, I think um, this season too, this was like, the uh, a symbolism symbolism of him snapping from a boy. He was very naive in season one, mm-hmm. you know. To two, he a man. This is not what I thought it was. You know, life is totally different. I thought it was a fairy tale, but no, I got to get out of here and work for things. Things ain't just gonna come to me. Oh my god, I'm miss, me all this different um, adversity. Yeah, well, I, and even if I'm working for it, that doesn't mean I'm gonna get I'm it. I'm gonna get exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think season two is literally like his transition from okay, fairy tale, real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back to the scene, Justin has to leave and Ethan gives him a copy of his latest CD and he used Justin's drawing on the cover art like he said he would and he dedicated it to to Justin. Doing the most again. Yeah. Doing the most again. <laughs> you you need to stop. This man is in a whole relationship. Yeah. I understand like you're going to shoot your shot and keep shooting your shot. He loves him. He never tells you anything different. Right. And he keeps going back. He keeps going back. It's not like they have kids or something. Like yeah. He keeps willingly going back. Exactly. Because clearly he's not done with that relationship. So, yeah, you need to fall back, okay? And put dedicated to you. He don't even like the fiddle, okay? <laughs> he don't even like it. Okay. Uh, so then back at the gym, Teddy is acting a little different. Um, he, you know, him and he and Emmett are in the locker room, and I mean, he's been laughing really hard at Emmett's jokes. He he invites Emmett to lunch, and we find out that he's already taken him to lunch twice this week, and, and dinner. dinner, and breakfast, and uh, 
Yeah, he's just being a little extra. Yeah, no, back he, there. extra is the under, the extra, extra read all about it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh lord, I was, why are you touching on him so much? What, what, what's going on? Step yeah. back, back, because back. We Give know that they're feet. friends and they're very loving right. with each other, very affectionate toward each other. But this it was, was just different. like you're being, yeah. And before he leaves, he tries to give Emmett a kiss, but Emmett hits the curve. Curve <laughs> yeah. him hard. Hit, lean back. Yeah. Lean back. Emmett hit that lean back on. I was like, yeah. wow. And uh, his lips land on his cheek instead. And Emmett is just kind of left thinking, what is happening yeah. with my friend? Like, oh my God. Like, what is going Like, why are you so happy? He, he just seems extra happy. Yeah. I'm like, boy, bag back. Okay. Like, your little tail is wagging a million miles a minute. <laughs> yeah. So then out on the street, Ethan is earning his coins on the corner, and uh, he gets a hefty tip. And Ethan, to his credit, I suppose, does go to confirm that this person intended to give him $100. And first of all, I am like freaking the freak out because it is Brian Kenny. <laughs> Yo, I am living. Y'all know I'm messy. Y'all know I'm. I was here for that. I, when I saw the glow, I said, ooh, Brian messy. Yeah. Brian is messy. Brian knew what he was doing. Yes, Brian doesn't do much of anything by accident. Nope. And yes, he has money, but he's not out here just dropping hundies in, on random buskers around he Liberty knew Avenue. That was going to catch the eye. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That going to catch the eye. Okay, you, right. you got my man's eye. I'm going to get yours, okay? He lucky that's all it was because he could have had a bent over smashing him in the back somewhere. Y'all know Brian got that game. So, I mean, I love... I loved this scene. This was yeah. the first time I started screaming. Yeah. Like, I uh, loved it. So they engage in a little bit of conversation there on the sidewalk, and Brian's basically doing some recon work. Like yeah. He asks Ethan if he's a student, and I think he's really just trying to get the read on him and almost like sizing him up, kind of like a... No, he sized him like up. Like a what he got that I ain't got a yeah. lot of kind of thing there. Uh, Well, he tells Ethan that he's good, and he's like, okay, why are you out here playing for nickels and dimes? Then he tells him, well, there are other ways to make money, a couple thousand at least. And when Ethan asks for more details, Brian cleverly lures him away for some warm coffee. I was like, oh, I knew where he was going to. I know, too. like, what I are you like, doing, you sneaky snake? Yes. You sne- I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to roll with you, Brian. I said, you got me back. Mm-hmm. You got me back. Because Ethan must be stopped. <laughs> we do have to stop Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> Operation Stop Ethan. Yes, for real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ben and Michael are at Carnegie Mellon, and Ben has made Rage required reading for his class, and that is how you support your partner. Ben is really an yeah. angel. <laughs> now, he's and he's not just doing it because Michael, quote-unquote, allegedly wrote it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he believes in the story and the characters, and he thinks it's a very important piece of gay literature, so... He's he's not just saying, "Hey, check out my boyfriend's stuff." He's like validating this as a true piece of art, a literature, yeah, and art. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, it's it's trailblazing for the gay community too. So yeah. I love that they have something out here that's daring like that. I yeah. mean, because they stay true to Brian's character with Rage. <laughs> Rage is not; he won't disappoint. Yeah. So he's doing a good thing in supporting his partner there. But now that not telling your partner that you're thinking about a six month sabbatical, yeah. that's not really the, the advice that I would give to a budding, a budding couple. Mm-mm. But I mean, I get that it's a very personal decision that Ben needs to make based on his own inner needs and for his own mental health. And so, um, you know, he's had some major life stuff happening lately and, True, but you also in a relationship, so right. you need to run that by me. Yeah, because it doesn't seem like this is the first time it's crossed his mind. Yeah. Like, there have been emails exchanged. You have had no, conversations with friends. He's already planned it. 
Right. You know what I'm it was planned out. You already got accepted type mm-hmm. shit. You know what I'm saying? Or at least working on getting accepted, you yeah. know, at this point. So you, you've planned this out. Michael should have been part of the planning um, party. Yeah. So I'm like, uh-uh. Yeah, so there are definitely some similarities between Ben and Justin's stories. Like, they're both at a fork in the road on some personal decisions, and those decisions will have an effect on their partners. So they're having to decide who to make the decision for, themselves or the person that they right. they love. Um, but anyway... Ben tells Michael that it's because of him that he's even considering to bet. And uh, he said, you told me to focus on something positive. And Michael's like, well, that ain't what I meant. <laughs> but he does want Michael's blessing and approval before he commits to it. I mean, I thought that was really sweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people always say that all the time. Well, I mean, well, I know. if you really don't want me to go. And I... that puts him in a weird spot because yeah. you're so excited about it. You showed me emails about it and right. whatnot. And now you're like, oh, but I'm not going to do it if, without if, your support. Without your support, I won't do it. Yeah. Like, so you know I'm going to say go. Yeah. I mean, even though I don't even want you to go. Like, if I'm not going to, if I say no, then you're going to hold resentment towards me. You know, like, so, I mean, what what am I supposed to do? So I'm like, uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, So... Ted is all up in Emmett's face and and space at Torso, and he is just doing a lot, and Emmett is not sure how to take it all. I'm not sure how to take it all. I'm like, bag, bag. You're too much. You're doing- yeah, he keeps finding ways to compliment him or touch him. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. just like, no, you, you're doing but too Emmett much. But Emmett is like handling it well. You know, he's like, oh, you know, thank you. Or shouldn't you be getting to work? <laughs> you know? I don't know if I could have been that nice. Uh, what, what what are you going through? Yeah. <laughs> and stop touching me. You know, I don't even like to be touched. Why are you touching me like that? Yeah. Okay, I love you, boo, but you, you're a little annoying There's right now. There's a whole lot of touching. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Melanie and Lindsay show up just in the nick of time to give Emmett a little break. They have come to check out the baby line of disco wear. And uh, Emmett pulls the girls away and tries to get them to take Ted with them anywhere. And you know they love some business, so they're all on board with that. For real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah, they, they get him out the door. And you, Lindsay immediately go in for the kill. Oh, yeah, they immediately know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, she immediately goes in playing little tricks and games and shit. Yeah, and Ted basically says overnight he's gone from seeing Emmett as a great friend to thinking he's the most beautiful person he's ever seen. And he's wanting to make that friends to lovers jump, which is a very tricky maneuver. Mm-mm. But the girls encourage him, and they told him to go for it. Now... They just heard Emmett trying to get rid of Ted for being clingy. I was just about to say that. Why yeah. would you encourage that? They are always trying to give somebody some relationship advice when they just got their little situation back together. Fixed by somebody else. <laughs> right. Okay. And then kicked her out. That part. So, no. They are so wrong for that with their little messy asses. <laughs> now you're going to encourage this man to go out there and get heartbroken. Yeah. Uh, so over at the diner, Brian is making a pitch to Ethan, and I cannot even. <laughs> I am screaming at this point. I have yeah. not been quiet, okay? Yeah. I mean, I can't even feel bad for Ethan, though, because, dude, you know that Justin has a whole boyfriend. You and know. yeah, that's on Justin for stepping out on his man, but it's you, on both of y'all. you're contributing to the deceit at this point, you know? Because it's one thing. If you didn't know. If you didn't know, that's one thing. But right. once he told you and you were like, okay, cool, keep running back and forth or whatever. Like, yeah, it's that's on, on you, you now. too. Yeah. And you lucky it's Brian and not someone else because Brian handled this very G status. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. he got you sitting up in their place. Right. He knows who you are. Yeah. You don't know who he is. Brian, I mean, I could, <laughs> I could not have done it better myself. I'm taking no. That was some G shit right there. Yeah. Well, so Brian is telling him about uh, how he can make money by lending his music to commercials and. Maybe Brian is blowing smoke, but he's convincing. And we all know when it comes to business, he has a way with words and he's very persuasive. 
Uh, by way of example, Brian paints a picture of Ethan appearing in a commercial as a strolling violinist. And he suggests, you know, just some arbitrary number that just so happens to be on Ethan's CDs. Like, you know, something <laughs> ridiculously romantic that Ethan could be playing. Just um, Now, side note, ridiculously romantic is the phrase Brian used to describe him coming to Justin's prom. So, oh, mm-hmm. good catch. Yeah, a little callback to that. Uh but anyway, so our little detective Brian Kinney has figured out the mystery man. Yeah. But uh well, I mean Justin has been playing and humming that violin music for days or weeks at this point. True. And his behavior got all funny and sneaky sometime after his birthday when he went to that recital. So Well. Plus you got Michael over there snitching, so yeah. <laughs> it wasn't too hard to put together. Don't even bring it back up. Every time I hear the words meh, I get upset. Oh, you think okay? get real upset because I have got like five pages of notes Lord. just dedicated to Michael. Yeah, so. <laughs> he, he needs to hear it. But it gets better, y'all. It yeah. gets better. The door swings open and who is it? So, But right before that part, Brian gives his card to Ethan and he says, my name is Brian, Brian Kenny, And this is happening as, yeah, someone is walking in. Oh. But I think as Brian says his name, I think it's some clicking. alarms are yeah. going off in, in Ethan's head. The Brian but Brian's, was okay. Yeah, but, but Brian's when being, Kenny. when Brian's being so casual... So Ethan's not entirely sure. But then Justin spots just Brian and he comes over to say hi. But he doesn't recognize Brian's guests until Brian introduces them. And I just died right there. So I'm dead. And so now Ghosty Shell is going to take over. Girl, (laughs) facts. Like, I was no good. I mean, their face. Like, I mean, the spirit left the both of them, Mm -hmm. you know. And he's sitting back there. All he needed was his popcorn, you know. Yeah, I mean, that look on Brian's face when Justin first comes over, it's anger and it's hurt and it's pain. Yeah. And it's. I think it's also Brian refusing to take things lying down, you know. Yeah, letting you know, like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. And also, I can end this right now. Right. You know. I think he's saying, like, it's, maybe he's not committing to fight for Justin's hand, but it's him saying, I'm a party in this situation, too. I'm making sure you both know it. Like, you know, you ain't getting nothing over on exactly. me anymore, you know? Yep. So, yeah. And, you know, if he didn't care or if he didn't have some hope of keeping Justin, I think he would have just been like, okay, bye, whatever. You know, he would have just, he wouldn't have gone to this Yeah, he wouldn't have to. Like, if, yeah. but this, again, I wish Justin could just see. Right. I mean, the fact that he's he's doing this. I mean, right. it's not your ideal way of saying I love you or I want you, but it's his way. Because he took those yeah, this time is the language Brian communicates. Yeah, in. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and so yeah, this might satisfy Brian's ego a, a bit to have Ethan there, kind of eating out of his hands, and to somewhat confront Justin right. and blindside him, kind of like Justin did to him. But I really think it's it's more to it than that. This is him saying, "I'm aware of what's going on." I loved how I mean, Ethan was done. Okay. Yeah. He was done. He, he didn't know what to say. He didn't know who yeah, to look at. They're all looking around this like weird triangle they have going on now that everything is out in the open. And Brian says, if you're interested, the job is yours. Ethan <laughs> <laughs> well, scurries off to class. And I think he's wondering, is like, is this some game y'all are playing? Or like, right. what is no, happening here? That's Brian. Yeah. And Justin looks at Brian like, did you have to do it that way? And right. Brian's like, you know, what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> So Ted and Emmett are out at a very fancy dinner, and uh, Emmett finally calls Ted on being weird. He's like, hey, just just come on out with it. Tell me what's going on. So Ted, after several more gulps of water, uh, says that he's always chasing after the wrong boy, and he's practically given up on finding someone. But then he says, I found him. You know, him and Rihanna both found love in a hopeless place. <laughs> <laughs> you know? When they weren't looking for it. Yeah. And Emmett is all excited for him, and then He's like, okay, well, who is it? You know, tell me who it is. And Ted says, it's you, 
Um, yeah. You're the one who knows me best. You don't run away. You lift my spirits. You tell me I'm beautiful. And he just dives right in and says, I love you, Emmett Honeycutt. Well, now Emmett needs the water. Exactly. <laughs> and some time to figure out how to respond. I mean, I wouldn't know how to respond. Ted is looking a little, you know what I'm saying, crazed in the eyes at the moment. Yeah. You know, like, he is really bringing that... I am in love with you, you know, like, I want every part of you. That look like, how can you decline that? Yeah, like, well, ooh. because in Emma's mind, they've just been growing deeper in their friendship, you know, and getting closer and closer as friends. But then all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, you're what? Who, what? So. Girl, I don't know. Like, but um, I kind of, I mean, I think I said this episodes ago. Now, I don't think I said it on, on mic, uh-huh. but I think they would actually be a really good couple together. You know, like, they take such great care of each other you mm-hmm. know like they really do they take great care of each other they do know one another in and out mm-hmm. and um and yeah ted can never find anybody good and we know emmett would defend ted to the um end of the earth you know no, yeah. like i kind of love oh i don't know we'll like, keep thinking on it yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep thinking on it uh over at the over at the loft justin comes in and he comes up to brian and he tries to speak to him, but Brian makes him wait a minute while he types away on his computer. I think it's a small little, I waited for you to be ready to talk, and you didn't. Now you have to wait for me to be ready. Just a little power move Because he only hit two keys. I know. It, it was like <laughs> half a second, yeah. but he made like a wait. Yeah. Uh, but Justin apologizes, and he comes right out and says he's sorry. And I know for some people that might not seem like enough, and it might not seem sincere, but you have to know who's who he's up who he's apologizing to. Brian doesn't want him to beg and plead and grovel mm-hmm. on the floor. That's not who Brian is. He'll always tell you he doesn't believe in sorry. He thinks it's BS. And so his thing is like, hey, don't do the thing that you'd have to be sorry for. Um, but I will say when Justin said sorry, his face and his tone was sincere. I think so. Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess you can say, okay, is he apologizing just because he got caught? I, it, it could be. A little be, bit of both. A little bit of both, but I he think... He was embarrassed. It, but yeah, but you could already tell that guilt was starting to eat away yeah. at him, and so he knew at some point there was going to have to be some reckoning. Right. And maybe he wanted to be more in charge of this. Now, I would argue that some of this that got stolen from him because Michael went ahead and put it out Exactly. <laughs> but I do personally think that he eventually would have come clean on his own it's just we saw it this way but i do think that he would have come well on his he's, own. he's been searching for answers i yeah. mean like he's been fishing for you know little pieces of affection from him i think he's sorry that he he because we we asked a question a couple weeks ago is he gonna catch feelings feelings i think he caught a little feelings too maybe not as deep as ethan but i mean the things that ethan's saying to him he's not getting it at home so i mean you wouldn't be going back if you wasn't catching i mean like the sex ain't that damn good, okay? It ain't. We know it ain't better than Brian's, okay? This was the same boy, same your age don't look half as good as Brian's. So yeah. stop it, boy. He's falling for the boy, okay? A little bit. The boy got all the right words. He's romantic with the stuff. But I think he's sorry that he let his guard get down and he embarrassed Brian. He hurt Brian and he could potentially damage what they have. That's why I feel like he's sorry. Yeah, I yeah, I felt like he's sorry for the deception and for, you know, letting it go on this long and um and just knowing that he broke their rules. I mean, he is this person he's repeating with this person, he's kissing this person. And yep. so I think he's apologizing for all those things. Everything. I'm not convinced that he's caught feelings yet, but I definitely think that he's caught some flattery and he's caught it's easy, I think, with, with Ethan. So We'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll he talk li- about yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But no, you can have your opinion. It's mm-hmm. fine. We, we'll talk about it. I want you to like my uh, opinion. <laughs> Take my eye. I love you. How uh-huh. about that? 
Uh, anyway, so he says he's sorry. And when Brian says, for what? Justin says, well, you know what for. Uh, he says he didn't mean for it to happen. And Brian's like, oh, yeah, you were the poor victim of a love bashing. And Justin says, I should have told you about him. And then, you know, Brian's been acting like he doesn't really care. But here, he kind of breaks character a little bit. And he says, and taking all the fun out of it, you know, his armor and his yep. facade kind of slips. He's like, you know, I had to find out, yeah. <laughs> you know, this uh, this other way. Um, and Justin knows he was wrong. And uh, now, I don't think that he knows just how much Brian was hurt by the betrayal, though. Because mm-hmm. in his mind, he still doesn't know. For whatever reason, he feels like whatever Brian feels toward him is pretty shallow. So. Right, yeah. Yeah. I don't know where he's getting it from, though. You know me, so I have to go the scenic route, <laughs> of course. And I think I have to dip a little bit into psychology to to explain how I see it. Because all of season two, we've seen them kind of carving out a path forward for for Justin. And I think in order to do that, you have to kind of go through his trauma and go through his trauma responses. So. I have to kind of start there in trying to understand what's different between him from season one to season two and why he can't see things the way he saw them in season one. So here's the thing about trauma. It's not about the severity of the event or what happened. It's about uh, well, your trauma response is about how it disconnects you from your true authentic self. And that disconnect, among many other things, makes it hard for us to know our own needs or to properly interpret the actions or intentions of other people. And, you know, after we've experienced some type of trauma that has affected us all the way down to our core, to our nervous system, it messes with our normal. And the way we used to cope or function doesn't necessarily serve us anymore. And as you're moving through that, healing is a very fragile thing, and it's a journey marked by fits and starts and wrong turns and U-turns. <laughs> and uh, and so I think that's kind of where where he is. Justin's traumas have so disconnected him from his true authentic self that he's questioning things that he was once so sure of himself, Brian, their relationship. And there's clear evidence that he can't interpret as proof. He went from being able to read Brian and being on to him in season one to now not being able to do those things. And I think it's because this version of Justin that we have here in season two is very disconnected from season one Justin in some ways. I mean, even early in season two, Justin has to acknowledge that he wasn't the same anymore. You know, that first episode, he's trying to pretend like everything's all good. But in those earlier season, earlier episodes, even he has to say, yeah, okay, things are not, things are not the same. Uh, There's the episode where his professor comments that even his work is different. His art is different. And Justin's like, yeah, because I'm different, basically. And so we get a Justin who's trying to move forward. But it's not always a straight path and not always a healthy path. But still, like I said earlier, that path does have to move through his trauma. And I just have to put that out there because fans readily see and accept Brian's trauma and they readily say, okay, that's why he is how he is and the way he acts, how he acts in some situations. And I think it's only fair to extend that same thing to Justin. If we're going to validate Brian's trauma and his trauma responses, I think it's only fair to do the same thing for Justin. And in my mind, that's the explanation for why there's this disconnect with him, why he's different, why he can't see things the way he used to. And one last thing about drama is it also messes with your boundaries and what you used to tolerate or be indifferent about might start to bother you now. Trauma can lead you to reevaluate or redraw those boundary lines. And trauma can also initiate change, be that good, bad, or everything in between. So 
I have to go through all of that to to answer that question, which to some people might sound like a cop out. But to me, that's the only way to kind of understand why is he different now? Why was everything all good? But now it's all all over the place. Uh, like, that's how I wrap my mind around it. But that's just what I think. So what are your thoughts? Like, why do you think he can't he can't see it or why should he be able to see it? I mean, he should be able to see it as in I've already stated some things before as in. Brian is doing things that Brian would never do. Well, for one, you're living in my place, okay? No one lives in the loft, period, okay? I'm always asking you questions while you're coming home. I'm trying to help you. I didn't want you go-go dancing on the bar and shit and having to mess around with some sleazeball scumbag-ass dude offer to pay for you, things like that. Those small things. Brian, we already know that Brian is not, like, super affectionate. He's not going to wear his heart on his sleeve. He's not going to show you all the emotions. He's going to show you in a way that he knows how to show you. And it might not be, oh, baby, I love you to the end of the earth. Come in and let me give you a kiss. It may be a good old fuck. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then we're going to cuddle afterwards. He ain't out in the club. He with your ass. Yeah. You know, like, it, 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 some, it, it's Brian does little things that Justin should know. Yeah. Well, Justin's got some trust issues right now. And so not like, I don't, not that he... Now he's worried about Brian cheating on him. That's not it. But it's like, I don't know if what I can trust of what I feel and what you feel and what you say. I definitely think he's got some trust issues. Look at Brian's next line. He asks about the size of Ethan's um, uh, anatomy. And uh, Justin says, well, that has nothing to do with it. And Brian challenges that. You know, he, he kisses Justin and he slips his hand inside his pants and he proceeds to tell him just how much size matters right, to him. Right. By Justin's face, he's kind of trying to figure out why Brian is responding this way. Now, all the things that he's saying reveal how intimately he knows Justin. And while it's possible that he may experience some of those things with his tricks, that Justin might experience some of those things with his tricks, I think he only falls asleep with Brian inside of him, probably. So this is almost an extension of that wild kissing scene from the last episode where it's like, I know you, I know you in this way, I know Mm -hmm. what you like. Is this what you get from that other person? Right. Um, and so Justin tells him, you know, cut it out. And he says, there are other things. And Brian says, flowers, picnics, violin music. And so <laughs> he's letting it be known that he knows where some of Justin's new ideas right. of romance are coming from. And then Justin says, he loves me. And I think that hits a nerve with Brian. Like you see him kind of visibly mm-hmm. be a little stunned. And I think Brian was still able or trying to convince himself that Justin was just having fun. Right. But now love has entered the equation. Like, the sex and the romance, that's what's, that's whatever. But now we're talking about love, and that's the thing that Brian is super insecure about his capacity to experience or give. And so that strikes a chord with him. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, it definitely hit a chord with him. But it, it, it pushed Brian in a different way. Mm-hmm. You tried to challenge him and throw something up in his face. So, Because um, yeah, Brian I, is trying his hardest to show you that I'm here for you. Yeah, well, yeah, because I think I think you could argue that it's a hint of, he loves me, do you? Yeah, in, in exactly. In Justin's, in Justin's uh, response. Yeah, there. and that's what it was. And you came off a little snotty, a little rude, you know, um, and you're challenging me like that. And like I said before, Brian is already trying his own way. He, he not, not, may not take you on no picnics and things like that, but you know that man cares for you. Yeah. And um, Yeah, well, you know, when Ju- when Justin says this, Brian says, oh, you're dreamy-eyed schoolboy. Uh, because Brian really doubts that the fairy tale image is is real, you know. And Justin says, well, he loves me in ways that you can't. And Brian says, in ways that I won't. And That was like, uh, I was like, oh, Yeah, Brian. I know. Because there's no. a significant difference in those two things. 
can't can be about ability or yeah. choice, but Brian He's makes saying, it clear I'm not. <laughs> it's a choice that I am not, I won't yeah. do the things that you're asking for or expecting. Now, if we look deeper into this, probably what Brian is saying is that I'm not going to do things that I think are empty gestures. But we already know Justin has not been digging deeper when it comes to Brian right. lately. So he's not getting that deeper meaning. I mean, well, that's digging real deep or something <laughs> like that. Because when somebody says something like that, you ain't digging that deep. But, well, what, but he's he mocking really all this. To... Oh, he says he loves you. Oh, he says this. Oh, well, he's so dreamy-eyed. Oh, they're still using that line. And so Brian is clearly saying, like, I don't believe any of that stuff has any weight. Well, Brian is also 30, and, and he knows what young people say. Right. And, and so and that's through. why he's saying, I'm not going to give you those things because mm-hmm. I don't believe that those things have any value. Well, call me Justin because I did not yeah. take that either. So, but <laughs> Yeah, but when Justin hears it, what he hears is, I will not love you in those ways that are important to you right now. That's what I heard. Because I do not want to. That's I'm making a deliberate choice not to. And so that is what Justin is hearing, even though I don't think that's what Brian is saying. I don't think that's what Brian is saying now that you say that. But in that moment, I was like, oh, Lord, boy. Stop, yeah, me too. No shit yeah. like that. <laughs> I'm like, you're not helping. Yeah, it's like, no. Uh, but... So then Justin says, he told, he told me that I'm all he wants. And again, this is what I was talking about, that significance. He's making me feel significant. He's yep. giving me an opportunity to be the one, the, the most important one, the only one. Yep. And Brian says, oh, they're still using that one. Because Brian thinks it's all just fluffy words. And it comes across like he's mocking Justin, but um, and not the things that people say just to get what they want. Right. And Justin says, well, it's more than you ever said. Um, in a way, this back and forth is Justin saying, okay, what's your counter offer? Right. Like, that's what, that's... I'm telling you what he's doing. Yeah, I'm telling you I'm, I'm telling liking it. I'm telling you what it. I'm wanting, what I'm, mm-hmm. why I'm over there with him. And so it's like, okay, what are you going to counter with? And I think there's a bit of pleading and a hint of hope that Brian will fight for him. Right. And, you know, if Justin didn't still want Brian or hope that some tiny ember could he somehow be fanned into a flame yeah he, he would have just dipped yeah. by now yeah i mean he did that in 206 when he showed up at debbie's house in the rain yep and i'm not saying he'd given up hope at that point i'm just saying i don't think that he feels that leaving is not an option right um but brian walks over to him and he places his hands on either side of his neck and he nuzzles his face and this again is his body not matching his words we saw this last episode or the one before i think in this conversation i think hurts both of them um, this isn't a super confident Justin that's talking to Brian. Like he's trying to, you know, have some base and authority in his voice, but he's a little <laughs> bit shaky. And Brian is working double time to act unaffected, but his his body betrays him. Yep. And Brian says, Well, it's more than I ever will. It's more than I ever will say. He says, So what are you still doing here? And Justin says, Would you care if I wasn't? I loved that phrase. Yeah. Because when 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 Brian said what he said, I was just like, damn, Justin's going to run off and cry and won't have anything to say. But to come back to say, but, you know, would you care if I wasn't? I mean, it left the, the ball back. I mean, like, they're playing tennis right now. Yeah. Okay, like, they're, <laughs> they're hitting the hell out of this ball. Like, they're going back and forth. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Well, even in this scene, even though it looks like Brian has been so ruthless and cutthroat and cold, it's I think he still wants Justin, but he's not going to make make right. that decision for him. He's not going to do what Ted is doing. Yeah, no, no, no. He's not just going like, to no. lay it all on the line like that. But you know what's crazy is that the thing we've talked about Brian's fear being that Justin was going to leave at some point anyway. It's crazy that Brian's fear is the very thing that causes what he fears might happen to actually happen. Right. Like, he's been so worried about Justin leaving, and so he's kind of been keeping him at arm's length, and that is what actually makes Justin Wanna leave. leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after Justin says that, you know, would would he, 
you know, would you care if I wasn't? Brian pulls back. And I think now he has a, a measure of the situation. This is Justin trying to decide if he should stay or go. And Brian, in his own way, has been fighting for Justin, like we've said, as much as he's able to and willing to. Uh, now, could he have done more? Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. He could do more. Yeah, but he definitely has tried. And what he's thinking here is that I did try and it wasn't enough. So either I'm not enough or you want too much or you want something that I can't or he's won't childish. give. <laughs> he's I don't, childish. I don't see it that way. I see it as... Isha. I see it as Justin has an emotional need that Brian cannot or will not provide. He will not provide. Yeah, and okay. I, but I also see it as Brian has an emotional need that's not compatible with Justin's emotional needs. What is his emotional needs? Because and that's what he no, gives him. What no, is the no, emotional no. need? Because Brian, think about what we know of Brian's childhood. He has never felt like he was loved just for being Brian. And so what he needs is somebody who's just going to say because they choose to say, not because they were told to say. Justin because, has done that all season one and all of season no, two. But at this now. point, Justin is saying, I want you to tell me to say. And to Brian, that would be like, you're saying out of obligation or you're saying out of so, you know. In this one, okay, you're stretching now, okay? <laughs> I know that you, Brian, crazy, but you're no, stretching now. No, I love now. both of How them. Are you gonna... I, I have been, this whole time, I've been defending Justin's position. No, no not enough then, because <laughs> there is no way you can tell me that this boy chased this grown-ass man for a whole 22 episodes, okay? Chased this grown-ass man, and then we move into season two, and he's still there, still there with him. And now when he asked him, to, after several times of asking him to show me something different, you didn't. So then I find somebody else. And that ain't even a wake-up call for you. I mean, it kind of woke you up because you went out here and did your, your, your Columbo Inspector Gadget type shit. And you found out who he was. But you can't still save the words. You know like you just You can't say, yes, just stay. I'm not even saying marry me. I'm not saying say I love you. Do you want me to go at least? And see, this is why I feel like they're just not... They're just not compatible emotionally right now. Their needs are not compatible. Okay, let me let's just let's just look at it again. Okay. Well, you don't have to agree. I just want to explain my where I'm coming from. So for Brian's part, I think it's a complicated situation because, like I was saying, this touches on his insecurity. The, he preached about people being trapped in relationships and love being a noose or a lie. Uh, but here he is very much in love with Justin, but he can see that Justin is unsure about saying or going. And the last thing Brian wants to do is force someone to love him or choose him. This is a guy who, after a childhood of abuse and emotionally neglectful parents, he built a life and a whole persona on not needing anyone. Mm. And so he's tried very hard to not be truly known, to not be fully given over to his feelings or emotions for other people. And I think one of his emotional needs is that he needs to know that you are saying because you want to say. And so his thing is, are you here because you want to be here, not because of obligations or words or empty gestures are keeping you? He has a huge fear of abandonment. And if we were, if he were to straight up say to Justin, yes, I would care. I want you to say, he wouldn't be able to assure himself that Justin was saying of his own free will. Now, then whether he should or not never be just, with Justin anyway. Well, okay. See, their emo- if their then, emotional needs are not compatible, then it's No, like, no, okay. their emotional needs are compatible, but he already knows Justin wants to be there with him. Justin is giving up everything. But just, but everything. right now, but right now, Justin is on the fence. He's been asking <laughs> this man for a few but weeks I know. now that's, to but show that's me what something I'm saying. else. Brian, but Brian, because of his own issues, cannot do that. He cannot say, yes, Brian stay. is wealthy. There are a ton of therapists out there. Go work <laughs> for that shit. That was 15 years ago, and now you're about to ruin something. 
Well, I mean, look, this is real life, okay? People have unresolved issues. They carry childhood traumas into their adulthood. That's real life. It is. But when it's that deep, and you you you're gonna fuck up your relationship that you know is is solid that everybody else well, wants. Well, and his parents were still around. I mean, we saw Joan earlier this season. Yeah. She's still browbeating him. So yeah, it might have started in childhood, but this has gone on his whole life. Oh uh, well, I, I don't have none for that. You, <laughs> you're right. I don't have none for that. But I mean, like I said, he also doubts his own capacity to love, and so. I don't, he doesn't think that he's great at it or even good at it. And he has his own code that somewhat limits him on how much he's willing to compromise, if at all. So I'm not saying like, oh, poor jo-. I'm just saying like, I think this is some of the reason why he that's harder for him to say, to try to convince him. In his mind, he feels like he's having to convince Justin to stay. Right. And he doesn't want to do that because he's like, no, you're just saying because I, you feel obligated to. You know, when they had the talk in 206 at at Babylon, it was, you know, we're going to be together for as long as this keeps serving us. If it's not serving us anymore, then we're going to leave. And so if I have to be the one convincing you here, then you're not, you're not saying because it's serving you well. Right. So anyway, so yeah, they're just, they're just not compatible right now because Justin's thing is, I need you to tell me to stay. And Brian's is, I need you to decide to stay without being asked or told to stay. Okay. So what, what, what do you think Justin should have said? Well, exactly what he said. I mean, they're finally being kind of honest about their feelings with each, toward each, uh, mm-hmm. you know, about the situation. So I'm not saying Justin should have done anything different. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, but I think this is just like, okay, we're at an impasse because what you want is something I can't give or won't yeah. give. Ugh. So I don't yeah. know. It just makes me sad because they are so good together. I know. It's, they're so, I know. so good together. But, I mean, God, they're two stubborn hardheads. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they've been stubborn. They've been silent about things that they should have spoken right. up about a long time before. But, yeah. So, it's not just a failure to communicate effectively. I really think that their emotional needs are just not compatible right now. You know? That could be overcome, but it just, it requires some things for both of them that they're unable or unwilling to give in this scene true so well i mean justin is able to give but i'm pretty sure he feels like i always give in i always do this i always have to conform what you want to do oh we're going to babylon we're going to the back room oh we're going to be doing this and that we're going to be bringing these tricks home we're going to do this and that i just want you to say one time for me you know like yeah i would i'm like no you know what no i think i think what they're each asking for they're totally entitled to ask for. exactly i think they're entitled to yeah now i I do want to be clear about that i do think that justin is entitled to ask for what he wants to ask for and brian is entitled to only offer what he feels comfortable offering it's It's just so selfish (laughs) well it's both selfish when i'm like hey i need this that's me being selfish oh selfish always has a negative connotation to it but if I say this is important to me, I need this. And I'm looking out for me. I'm telling you what I need. It's no different than when you say, well, I need to go to the back room. And I'm like, well, I need flowers. One can sound more pretty, but both of us are being selfish and saying what we want. True. But when you when it's selfish on a negative note, it's always, it's always worse. <laughs> yeah, okay? yeah. But also, I mean, Justin is 19 and Brian was determined to be a bachelor forever, not that long ago, relatively speaking. And I mean, he is still coming to terms with being with the same person more than once. True. And this is their first relationship, and so they're fumbling their way through it. And I think it's unrealistic to expect them to not have these communication and expectation issues. Mm -hmm. But it does hurt to see their issues and hangups causing this separation when it's clear that they do love each other. 
Oh, I know. It's just sad, sad case right now. Yeah. But I'm glad. What I do like to see is Justin is finally standing up for himself. Mm-hmm. A lot of times he would just take what Brian did. And not trying to say Brian always mistreated him, but you could tell for a while now that Justin kind of wanted something different, you yeah. know? Or was expecting something a little more, a little more normal in his eyes, like you said, traditional. So I'm, I'm actually happy that he's actually communicating and he's mm-hmm. holding his ground mm-hmm. on what he feels. I think this is a he's on the path toward healing, and I think right. he still has some a ways to go to figure out okay what exactly what it is that he's looking for. But he does know that for right now, what his emotional need is and what uh, what he is needing from a partner or needing for himself, really, he's not getting it in the way that he used to right. used to get it right but. okay we'll move on because we got other things to get to and i got a whole lot more to say <laughs> uh so debbie Vic, and michael are at woody's and debbie is doing some serious marketing for her son inviting people to the rage release party and debbie and Vic are in good spirits but michael not so much he tells them hey remember when ben mentioned tibet well he's actually very serious about that i'm like you had a whole bar over here <laughs> and they pro- everybody's promoting your stuff and you over here looking like a Debbie yes. Downer. Yes. Like, get it. That's why. <laughs> Boy, yeah. stop pouting. You're a grown ass man. Yeah. Like, get it together. And Debbie says that he can't go. And uh, she proceeds to work um, her and Michael up into a tizzy, thinking of all the bad possibilities. And Vic reminds them of a story from three years ago. Thank when, God for Vic. Yeah. When he was in the hospital, hooked up to a bunch of machines. And as soon as they released him, he bought two tickets to Italy, and we know that's a trip that he took with Debbie. Right. And what he learned from that is you don't know how many tomorrows you will get, so it's important to live in the now. YOLO. We, yeah, we know that was Ben's motto when we met him, and that's one way he learned to cope with having HIV. And so Vic is help, helping Michael see that there is something Ben wants or needs to accomplish in his life, and he has to take advantage of the now because you never know when your health or time will run out. And really, that's true for all of us. True. And I mean, I'm glad Vic can see the other side, you mm-hmm. know, because I mean, Michael was just like me, 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 me. You know, this man, like he said, this man never know what's promised. I mean, none of us know what's promised tomorrow, but it seemed like his meds were not taken properly, things like that. You know, like he needs to go out and do what's best for him, clear his whole mind, no stress right. at all on him, you know. And if that takes him going to Tibet, I think, you know, he should feel he should be able to, you know, free himself and go. It's not like saying he, he's saying we're over. I'm leaving you forever. He's like saying I'm, this is what I need to do yeah. to be in a good place yeah, emotionally us. and mentally. Yeah, because I'm gonna get, in order for me to give you the best version of myself, I have to give work myself, on. Yeah, yeah, get myself together. Yeah. So, anywho, uh, Justin is at Ethan's place again, and Ethan is very upset at Brian. Uh, and Justin defends him, saying. You know, he's honest, and if anyone is to blame here, it's me, not Brian. Like, I'm the one who lied. That's uh, how you know right there. Justin loves... Ethan, that lets you know right there. Justin loves him. Yeah. You're over here roasting <laughs> his ass, and he over here defending like a mug. Yeah. You know, and I want to plug this right here, and maybe this is just me and, and the way I see it and think about it, but, you know, even though we've seen Justin laid up in Ethan's bed several times, I don't think that this whole thing has been easy for him. And I'm not saying that to excuse or minimize his cheating and dishonesty, but... uh, He doesn't have that brightness in his eyes like he does when he's laying up with Brian. Well, and he really has been straddling this fence for the past few episodes, Mm -hmm. and he does want things to work out with Brian, but he was hoping that these things that he's... he felt I call it a felt need, what you think is the most important thing. He really wants to get those felt needs from Brian. He wants things to work out with him. Uh, he wants Brian to be the one who's providing not just the warm fuzzies, but the security mm-hmm. and the 
that he's seeking and that he seems to be finding with Ethan, you know, that can sound clingy or needy. And I'm not going to refute that because, listen, when you're healthy and at a good place, mentally and emotionally, you don't need that much external validation. Right. But Justin is not super secure in himself right now. So that has him questioning not only himself, but also questioning things about his relationship with Brian. Right. Yeah. Um, so Ethan asks how Brian found out, and Justin says he doesn't know. Well, I know how he found out. Hey, we all know how well, he found out. Well, not just Michael, but look, cheating one-on-one, you got to cover your tracks better. I mean, if you're going to play violin music in the loft, mix it up a little. You yeah. can't have one CD. One fucking Go borrow CD. some classical music or some <laughs> opera from Ted. Start going to random recitals around town. That part. <laughs> and then you can't be in the neck of the woods where the man be playing it, okay? Yeah. Like, in his he, playground. Y'all can't come on Liberty Avenue yeah. together. Like, what the I mean, wrong with you? You can't, just ha- you can't have the one CD of your side piece, like... <laughs> you know, you just gotta you gotta mix it up a little bit better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was sloppy with the tracks. Yeah, oh, and of God. course, something else helped Brian figure it out, and that was Michael and his snitching self. Oh uh, Lord, snitches get stitches. Yeah, Mister Runtail, that. Yeah. But anyway, back on track. Uh, so Ethan tosses Brian's hundred at Justin and says, "Tell him he can keep his money." And I'm like, "Hold on, now that wine got you acting a little illogical." Got you acting <laughs> up. But Justin Reed is ass. Um, he can afford it, but you can't. Yeah, just okay. like be reasonable now. Yes. <laughs> you can't afford to be turned down yeah. this babe. Okay, you need them. Yeah. <laughs> and Ethan says, Now I know now I know why you were with him. And at first I was like, Oh, where are we going with this? Yeah, I was like, like okay, babe, because it ain't for the money. Yeah, you better check yourself. But when he said because he's beautiful. Yeah, he's beautiful and, and he I must just, be great in bed. And Justin said and Justin's like, yeah, he, he is. is. <laughs> I screamed so fucking Yeah, loud. but Justin tries to start. It's when we're not in the bed that's the problem. And I think that's because they haven't quite mastered effective verbal communication. Right. They, I mean, they enjoy each other's company. And I think that, in my mind, I envision them that they do talk, you know, because they are both intelligent men and they're funny. And I, I imagine they do talk. I don't. I see, just <laughs> to bring up a real com- conversation, Brian is going to be Brian and always do his little witty banter back so it never gets I, I don't know because sarcastic. we see them laughing in the corner together when they're, when they're with funny. the rest of the of the gang and um, Brian is roasting everybody when everybody says something Brian always has a, a dig and it's funny and we know like he doesn't mean anything by it because it's Brian but well I don't roasting. know I like to imagine that they talk about business and they talk about Brian's work and they talk about, about Brian know, no uh-huh. uh, I'm gonna move on because <laughs> you doing something over there that I don't like <laughs> But anyway, I think it's the deeper level of verbal communication and understanding that's needing some work. I also think that they are equals in bed, and so that helps. But Mm -hmm. it's outside of the bed to where Justin, he might feel more inferior because Brian is taking care of things financially. And Justin is saying at Brian's place. I mean, Brian himself points out that clarification in a previous episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Brian's priorities and outlook on life are different because he's older and he's at a different place in life and a different place with experience. And so... correct. I think that there is some inequality with them outside of the bedroom that is bothering Justin when he's already feeling insecure, insecure. Mm-hmm. and having self-esteem issues. He's like, and now I'm not an equal partner in this relationship. I'm not even, I don't even feel significant in this relationship. And so even if none of those things are real in his mind, they are. And that's right. what's important. Yeah. 
Uh, well, Ethan feels embarrassed and jealous, I think. And <laughs> Justin's not really helping by saying, yeah, Brian's great. No, he's yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, he snatched that honey back. Yeah, huh? he sure did. Uh, you know, Ethan is also feeling himself, and he does have that that ego. But yeah, like you said, he does snatch that honey right back yeah. from, from Justin. Because he know what's up. And he tells him, you know, well, I'm not the answer. You know, I have myself to think about. I have this contest coming up, and it has a great cash prize. I have these tour opportunities and a recording opportunity. And like, Boy, you got homeless gloves. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> like hush up. I can't be wasting my time thinking about you um, or, you know, wondering if you'll drop, drop by for a few stolen moments, wondering if you'll stay the night this time. And really, I get where you're coming from, but you probably should have had this talk several, yeah, you know, before you caught those feelings. Encounters ago. But, you uh, knew he had a man. Yeah. You knew he wasn't leaving this man. Yeah. He well, was venting. He was upset, but he wasn't leaving. And Justin tells him he wants to stay. And I think that's different from saying I am going to stay. Yeah, like, I want to stay. Yeah, but uh, Ethan says, well, you can't. Um, he's upset, and I think he's not wanting to feel like a pawn anymore. Um, and just jealous. He so was he jealous. Yeah. He tells Justin to go back to his boyfriend, and then he starts to dramatically play his violin. And I love over-the-top dramatic Yes. So. <laughs> Me too. But you know what? I bet he wasn't, because he knew Brian was older, but I just thought he probably envisioned him. Older, sugar older, daddy. Older, sugar daddy, not attractive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Like Something like that. But then Brian come through looking like a GQ model. Mm-hmm. You know, they just like mess his whole little world up. Like, yeah. God. And then Justin, like, no, nah, he's actually pretty great. Yeah. And not only in bed, but he you know, as money, a person. And yeah. Good, he has money. Good job. Uh-huh. That's a good looking and good sex, baby. Yeah. So, regardless of what I think about Ethan, I do like Fab, this uh, Canadian actor. I do like him. So, uh, as Justin leaves, he turns to say something to Ethan, but he just kind of holds it in. Um, so, we see Emmett, and he is eating his feelings and telling Michael about Ted's declaration. <laughs> And he's trying to decide what to do and how to respond. And he says he does have feelings for Ted, but it's kind of how he feels about the rest of the gang. So not romantic, just platonic feelings. Right. And Michael says, well, hey, you got to bite the bullet and tell him. Well, then Ben walks in and he tells Michael, hey, I found someone to sublet my place while I go to Tibet. And Emmett flips Michael's advice and says, you know, if you want him to say, you got to bite the bullet and tell him. No, facts, though. Take your own advice. Yeah. Is that other people's business? Uh, please. <laughs> uh, Justin returns to the loft, and Brian is already in bed. And I mean, it has been a day for Justin. A day. Yeah. Uh, Brian is lying there awake, and I'm sure he's wondering what decision Justin made. Because uh, the last thing we saw him say to Justin was, it's your decision where you want to be. So he's right. like, is he coming back home tonight, or is he not? Uh, well, they exchange this look across the dark space of the loft and um yeah there's just so much space between the two of them oh no and just so much hurt on both sides and so much uncertainty well justin walks over to the bed and brian's kind of waiting there to see what he's gonna do what he's gonna do like what he's decided and justin undresses at the foot of the bed and brian peels back the covers for him inviting him to stay like in his bed in his arms at least for tonight and this scene makes me want to cry it's so (laughs) Fucking because sad. there's so much potential and possibility for them, but they yeah. just yeah they're they're hurt they're destroying each other. Yeah, uh. I mean, and then like their faces as Brian like spoons him, um, he's moving the cover so he can touch him and rub his arm. And again, even just the way they're positioned, like the audience can see how much Brian loves Justin and wants him to say Justin, but can't Justin see it. can't see it. Yeah. And so I don't know if that was intentional, the way that they did that, but it's a perfect visual of what's going on because it's written all over Brian's face, but Justin 
But then you can see the hurt in Justin, like, yeah, you're touching me. Well, he's waiting for yeah. he's waiting for him to say something. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. glad you're here. I, I guess you decided to stay with me, you know, or some, whatever the case. Yeah. But he's waiting for that, and he's, he's still feeling unfulfilled because he's not getting it. Yeah, so here's what I think is going on in Brian's mind. Look, he knows that maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but I think Brian's pretty sure that time is winding down. But the way he is looking at him now is like he wants him. He cares for him. And I also think he's slightly aware of the fact that Justin is he knows how much Justin is torn at this point. And of all the many things that I see in Brian's eyes and in his body language and his face is I have him right now. I have him tonight. And so I'm going to soak up every second that he's still mine and still with me. Now, he can't say that. But I that, that's what I see on him, you know. Uh, but We're now gonna need you to the voice of it for Brian because that was hot. <laughs> yeah. Now, but from Justin's face, he's hurting. He's unsure. Like we said, he wants to, he's waiting, he's waiting for Brian to say anything, but he doesn't hear anything. So he's a little, little stiff, a little rigid. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's because he's being cold. I think he's just got a lot going on and he's not sure what to expect or say or do. He's like, I'm here. I'm not going to move. In just this day, he found out just how much Brian knows. He had to apologize to Brian, then go try to smooth things over with Ethan uh, the apology to Brian was followed by a very tough and mostly unsatisfactory conversation. Yeah. And then um, the, the follow-up with Ethan and, didn't Yeah, Ethan well. basically rejected him. So yeah. he's back here with Brian. And it's like, am I here because I want to be? Or am I here because Ethan rejected me? Does Brian even care that I came back here? Mm-hmm. And although I think if Justin was ready to fully let Brian go when he was at Ethan's, he totally could have convinced Ethan of that. Oh, he would have. there, yeah. He would have got Ethan to, to change his mind. Yeah, but, um, you know, I think there's there's a love and a gravitational pull that brings him back to Brian that he can't just can't ignore. But he also can't ignore all the issues and his feelings. Um, But for now, he's here. If he didn't want to be there, he could have easily went home back to Debbie's. Yeah, you know? yeah. He, he made his choice. Like, he wants to be there. Yeah, he to wants be to be there. I think it's a little easier for Brian to sleep in this scene because Justin's here in his arms. But for Justin, there's so much uncertainty in him. Mm-hmm. That, you know, so we see Brian's able to close his eyes and get at least a bit of peace and rest right. for momentary, momentarily. But Justin, you know, just not at that at that point. Um, then over at Michael, Michael and Ben's, um, or at Michael's or Ben is saying the night they are post coital and they're talking about the actual logistics of Tibet. And Ben says he's not going to live his life in fear when Brian, when Michael's like, well, what about this? And what about a hospital? What about that? He's like, well, I'm not going to live in fear. But he does say to Michael that, um, hey, I told you I wouldn't go if you were not okay with it, so I won't go. Uh, but Michael, in a, I want to say, rare display of maturity, <laughs> <laughs> but in a display of maturity, yes. says, no, this is what you want and what you need, so go with my blessing and approval. Uh, so then we see Ted and he is watering and serenading his plants and Emmett shows up for them to have the talk. And he says he was all up all night thinking about Ted's love declaration and Ted immediately launches back into all the reasons it makes sense in his head. And then he finally gives Emmett a, a chance to talk and he says he's touched and flattered, but he, he can't quite get the words out, you know, because it's it's harder for him to even consider that transition. Right. Um. But Ted cuts him off and he's like, I see, you know, you love me, but not like that. And so he handles it well in front of Emmett, but he's basically being rejected here. I felt so sad. Like, yeah. damn. But that is a tricky thing to go from, like, best if you've friend. already, yeah, wired somebody in your brain as a, a friend, as a best friend, 
and y'all have been there for each other's breakups and new relationships and all this kind of stuff, it is kind of hard to... No, it is. Yeah, and Emmett is usually very open to love, but... But also, I mean, he doesn't want to lose a friend, because if yeah, it does not work... if it doesn't work, then that's, yeah. that gets weird. Mm-hmm. And also, Emmett's fresh off things with George, Yeah, so... it's too soon for him to mm-hmm, date anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, poor Ted. <laughs> At the comic book shop, Justin comes in to join Michael, and it's clear that he didn't get much sleep. I mean, he's even got a bit of scruff on his face. (laughs) He looks sexy with it, though. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Michael is a little perturbed because they have an interview that Brian set up for them, and Justin is not in the mood to praise Brian this morning. He says Brian didn't do this for us. He did it for himself. He calls all the shots. And, I mean, Justin's just upset because none of that is true. Uh, Girl, please. <laughs> Brian calls all the shots. He always does what Brian wants to do. Now, I'm not trying to say Brian didn't do... No, Brian had to say he had a part of it. He had to say he had a part of it. And all <laughs> like, he, he, Yes, he did it for them, but he also did it for himself, too. Sometimes he does do that. Not all the time, but he sometimes did it this he does time. do that. Why, why, why did he didn't do it this time? Huh? Why, why is this time different? I can't figure out what he gains from from this one. He oh well, he doesn't gain. Damn it, Eshel. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Michael says, if you ask me, he's been pretty good to you. He saved your life. He took mm. you in. He's putting you through school. He protects you. He looks after you. Now listen, that all may be true, but that's not what Justin needs to hear. No, shut the hell up, Michael. Okay, again, shut your mouth. Let him yeah. vent. Okay. Why are you always got something to say? This one I was like, oh hell no. Okay. For one, I need all this damn work. You know what I'm saying? They really coming to see me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For real. They really coming to see me. And you you fixing your lips to say some shit like this? Shut up. Yeah. You know, okay, I can't blame Michael for not knowing that um what he is saying just makes Justin feel more guilty and more inferior and more like a burden and less like a wanted and valued significant other. You know, when your mind and emotions are warped, all those things Michael just listed sound like Brian is being a decent human being. Right. It doesn't necessarily translate as love when your translator is in desperate need of recalibration. Yeah. But Michael goes on. He's like, he loves you more than he's loved than he loves anybody else. And Justin says, no, he doesn't love me. Like, we have sex, but he doesn't love me. Because in Justin's mind, he gave Brian plenty of opportunities to verbally say he loved him. Yep. And when you leave things up to interpretation and and assumption, we all know how that can go. And another thing is, I think Brian has a huge heart, but the way that he shows love, they're not always um, head on. And so they're not always easy to detect, you know? Yeah, it's true. He he always loves in code. Yeah. (laughs) So after Justin says, you know, he doesn't love me. Michael says, well, why don't you find somebody else? Or maybe you already have. And so okay. now Michael's bias is coming out. Yep. Now, okay, Brian's your very best friend, but look, okay. Get his ass. <laughs> Get him. Yeah. Okay, it's going to it's gonna be a minute. But, uh, okay, I'm going to work up to this. So I know I'm not going to say this part right, but I think Michael is, if he truly understood how much Brian loves Justin, he would see that it might hurt Brian more to lose Justin. That part. You know, and that the best thing for Brian might not be to forget about Justin, but to that try to part. find a healthy path forward mm. with the man he's in love with. You better preach. I don't think that they're in a healthy place right now, so I'm not advocating that they just park in this place of unmet and unclear expectations. No. And maybe if they can't see a path forward, a breakup is the right move. But I just don't think that Michael, what Michael thinks he's doing as a good thing, I don't. It's like, dude, you don't know the whole situation here. You don't know the whole picture. You don't understand it nope. all. 
And, you know, you know what? I don't know why I keep expecting Michael to be an expert on relationships and life advice. Girl, so he, that's can't, on me. he so, can't keep <laughs> yeah. a man, okay? You got me and trying to leave the whole country on your ass, boy. Listen, <laughs> I said you had some gro- Your groceries are spoiled, okay? Bro, your, your best buy date is expired. Oh okay? Like, nobody wants them, okay? I read something somewhere that said Michael had a loose caboose, and I cannot yeah, get it out my head. <laughs> a, a loose caboose, Okay. Uh, well, Justin asked Michael if Brian told him. He's like, hey, are you, because when he says, well, maybe you already found someone else, Justin's like, wait a minute. So he's like, hey, did you, did Brian tell you? And Michael says, no, he never said a word. I'm the one who told him. Ooh. I almost feel like he looks a little smug about it. Yes, girl. Um, but he finally tells Justin that he saw them him kissing Ethan on the street, and he says that, you know, you're an ungrateful little prick. And Justin's like, you should, you need to mind, mind your, your own, own business. business. Like, Brian is my business. He's my best friend. He is not your damn business. That is a grown man. <laughs> yeah. Okay? No. And your uh, man told you to stay out of it. I want to tell him, grow up. Brian's a, yes. Yeah, Brian's a grown man. And this isn't the second grade playground where you need to stand there with your arms folded across your chest yelling in your friend's defense. Like, you can be there to pick up the pieces and do the man ain't crap binge fest, but I personally don't feel like you need to interfere until that point. And also, how does he even know what the rules are? Mm -hmm. I know he see Brian smashing different people at the club all the time. He see, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what they do. Yeah. So how do you know Justin kissing this boy was something else? Like, how do you, I mean, I guess, yes, it was a passionate kiss. But you don't know. You, you don't. You even, don't know the whole story. You don't know the story. You know, and Justin could have said to him, "Well, what about me? Am I not your friend? Like, why didn't you come to me first? Exactly. Now, again, I'm not blaming Michael for the breakdown of their relationship, but I'm questioning his choices and actions as a friend. I'm questioning his choices. Yeah, and because as a friend. okay. So before I get to where, like, I really have to take the gloves off with Michael. Uh, <laughs> right as things are getting really heated, the interviewers arrive and Justin introduces Michael, but he leaves. And I don't blame him because Girl, I Justin was everything. a, I sure would have, because Justin was a huge part in making Michael's dreams come true. And yep. this is how you treat him. And you want him to sit there and play nice in front of the camera when you are, let's be honest, capitalizing off of his life in pain. Yep. This story, even though it's embellished for entertainment, it's very much Justin's story. Mm-hmm. And you have been stirring the pot in his relationship. And it just makes me upset in real life to think about it. Uh, but anyway, I just don't know how civilized I would have been in that situation. Girl, I would not have been civilized at yeah. all. Like, I mean, all hells would have broke loose in there. Yeah. Okay? In front of reporters and shit. I don't care. I would have been snatching every copy up off the wall, ripping them, something. <laughs> I would have been, I mean, all, all Tasmanian devil on that motherfucker. Yeah. Okay? You know, okay, I want to bring this up because I do want to, I'm going to talk about some stuff with Michael in a little bit, but I want to introduce it. I want to say something else before I get to that part. Mm -hmm. So just kind of roll with me for a minute. (laughs) So I've been talking about this a little bit, and I think it's important for me to plug this right here because of some things that are going to come later. So I do believe that trust is a very big issue for Justin right now. Um, Trusting himself, trusting his own perceptions, everything about his relationship with Brian, because trust allows for blind faith. Uh, But if you can't trust things that you can't quite touch or see or prove, you need solid facts and evidence. You need it to be spelled out. And to me, that's another reason why I think Ethan is the safe and easy route for Justin, because he doesn't have to trust in things that are not on display or that he can't easily see or understand. (laughs) He can point to a romantic song or a lazy morning spent in bed together or a floor picnic. And he can point to those things and more easily convince himself that it's real because it looks like love right uh so now here's something i use as evidence of justin and in his trust issues in season one he didn't need anybody to convince him that he and brian were going to be together and that brian cared about him like 
even when Brian was saying the exact opposite, Justin was like, nah, we're together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But in season two, that conviction is gone. And I think it's because he doesn't trust his own interpretations. And that's why he's looking to Brian uh, and looking to what he is or isn't doing. Um, and that's also why he's talking to their friends about their relationship more. He didn't really do that a lot in season no. one. And he knew, because he knew what they would tell him about Brian. Mm-hmm. And it was by and large going to be more pessimistic, definitely re- in regard to how Brian would function or feel about a relationship. Right. Uh, so because Justin can't trust his own opinions or feelings, really, he's going to the friends. He's going yeah, to Mel and Al- Lindsay. Mm-hmm. He's going to Michael. Was we were like, why is he going to Michael? Well, I think this yeah. is why. He wants someone to help him try to understand Brian and interpret things in their relationship. He's kind of needing someone to co-sign right. things. He's needing a second opinion on his own thoughts and emotions. and But when he goes to those people who supposedly know Brian the most, what does he hear? Well, he should be doing something romantic for the person that right. he loves. But now they have something totally different in mind of what that needs to look like. Mm-hmm. Okay? So then he also hears, well, you live at the loft because you took a bat to the head. Or you want someone to, who wants who only wants to spend time with you. Well, that's not Brian. Like, these are the opinions that he's hearing. But not only is he hearing these, he's starting to believe those, you know? Well, that's only for Michael. Well, yeah, because Michael's saying, well, he's never going to prioritize you over his career. But because he's got his own trust issues, can't trust trust what he feels or thinks, he's living it up to them to tell him. And then he starts to believe. The people closest to Mm -hmm, him, mm -hmm. closest to Brian, who knows Brian better than anyone. Yeah, so now what he's doing in his relationship is he's looking for something, some touch point that he can point to to say, Oh, no, that's not true. He really does care. He's looking for some compelling evidence. And so you can say, well, okay, Brian paid for his tuition. Well, the devil's advocate on Justin's shoulder could say, well, it's a loan and I'm paying him back. Right. Or Brian bought you a computer with your art. Well, that's further proof of our inequality. So it's like all of those things. Mm -hmm. He's doubting all of that. And then he's trying to find something he can trust in. And so that's why he needs something solid to, to point to. True. Yeah. So. You know, I'm not saying any of those reasons are true. Any of those doubts that Justin has are true. Like, I personally believe Justin Brian is doing all those things because he loves him. But I'm not Justin. And I have more information than Justin does at this point. And I'm not dealing with all of his insecurities and trust issues also. So it's easier for me to see what's happening, you know? Exactly. Anyway, I bring up all these issues to just kind of open up this arc <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> no, seriously, though. Uh, okay, so Ben is at the diner and Debbie is serving him. And he's reading up on some stuff related to Buddhism. And he's slightly more invested in the benefits beyond uh, extended orgasms that Debbie is yeah, um, interested you know, in. <laughs> she knows what scratches the surface. Uh, but they are family now. He gives her a kiss on the cheek before he before he leaves. And when, when he does go, she chases him out. And, you know, Debbie has to meddle. But also she digs deeper. And um, she says, well, you know, six months is a long time to wait for, you know, it's a long time for Michael to sit around here waiting on you. And. Ben says, yeah, it is. And Debbie says, well, you never know what might happen in that time. That's meddling. Yeah. And Ben says, yeah, he might be better off um, not having me around to worry about. And so Debbie's like, oh, okay, you think you're doing this for his benefit. And Ben says, well, of course, he would have an easier ride not being worried about me or without me here. Does he know his man? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Debbie is showing a complete 180 because she says Michael doesn't need easy. He's strong. He's strong enough to see anything through. Me and Michael are at odds right now, so I'm listening to her sing her son's praises, and I'm like, right. okay, girl, uh, you are convincing me of nothing. But nothing. anyway. <laughs> Skip know? right over it. Yeah. Uh, well, so she says, you know, my son's committed to this. Are you? Are you going to be strong enough to see this through? 
Now, Debbie can be a little blind about her son, but I do love me some Dame Sharon She's a a ride-or-die mom, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, she's the definition of a mom. She don't care how old he is. She's going to ride for him. She's fighting the battle for him. Like, I mean, she's there. Debbie's what's up? So, the Rage release party is happening, and I love it. People are out in droves. Brian has done a really good job. Brian showed Uh, out. Yeah, I mean, there are superhero masks, there are themed drinks, the Rage Teeny and the Zephyrpolitan. Yes. Uh, But I'm not surprised because presentation, that's Brian's thing. Yeah, Jennifer is there to support her son, and I'd really like to see what's going on in her head with this. Like, she's out with the gang, and she's somewhat extended family for them Is this her first Babylon trip? It could be. Mm. Uh... You know, but if she's glanced at a copy of this comic book, then... It's it, probably traumatized yeah, her. Yeah, well, it's forcing her to relive the bashing and how it, how it affected her and her relationship with her son. And, you know, I just I love Jennifer, and I just want to hear spend more time hearing her thoughts on things and what's going on with her. But, but she does look happy, and she's there to support Justin. So I think she's choosing to focus on the good. She is. I mean, this is a great moment for him. Like, yeah. I mean, your dreams... Like, you're fresh out of school. And you're already living part of your dreams. You can you can say that you have your own comic book. It's huge. And then you have a big release party. Like, the party, the turnout is amazing. Like, yeah. the boy did that. That's one thing <laughs> we can say is he knows how to throw a party. He can advertise his ass off. Yeah. Uh, so, Ted and Emmett are side by side. And Emmett is still talking to Ted like they're friends and everything is fine and great. But it's mm-hmm. harder for Ted to hide his true feelings in his feelings and that pain of rejection. See, that's why he didn't want to do the whole relationship in the first place because those type of, you know, he knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Well, Daphne is there too. All the gang is here and they are also happy and proud. And Michael and Justin are just acting like everything is cool, but uh, we know it is not. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, only Brian, Justin, and Michael know about all Ethan and all that jazz. As they're all talking, I love that Debbie is clearly running off, rubbing off on Jennifer. She's flying off those F-bombs like it ain't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just need her to start, like, popping some gum and that's wearing it. way too many accessories. Yeah. Yeah. That's all she needs. Yeah. But I do love a polished, near-perfection Jennifer with random bursts of flamboyance, though. So, anyway. <laughs> uh, so, as she's talking to Justin, she reminds him of another time in life when he was determined to get what he wanted and how nothing could stop him. And I think that's something that he's having to rediscover that determined Justin that fights and that. And you know, and just it's one thing I will say about Justin, he will always land on his feet. He's like a cat. I mean, right now he may seem unsure. Yeah, he's free falling right now. Yeah, he's free falling. But, uh, but when he when he gets ready to hit the ground, he's gonna yeah, land. Yeah, she knows her baby is capable mm-hmm. of greatness, and he just has to remind himself of that. Um, but so then the show is underway, and it's super high drama. It's very fitting for a comic book. Exactly. Uh, as they are watching, Brian comes up to Michael and Justin, and Justin is not very happy with Brian or Michael at this point. We can see it on his face. Um, because he's still not convinced that Brian did all this out of love for him, and we know why he's mad at, at Michael. But over on the stage, we see JT is being attacked by these homophobes, and then Rage and Jeff and Zephyr show up to save the day. And, you know, this story is so personal for Brian and Justin that I just imagine I believe, yeah. it hits them different. Yeah, I yeah. can't believe that they... They can watch it can or watch read it, it yeah. or just relive mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was almost kind of expecting more of a reaction out of them, but they didn't. Um, 
they just didn't they didn't give us that. But uh But I am proud of Justin to actually like, you know, put it on paper for the mm-hmm. world to see. That was him freeing himself. Yeah, that, and they know? made it a yeah. It was it, it was it really him freeing was. himself, mm-hmm. releasing it, and he gave it to the world. Yeah, and the way that they did the story, like it gave a, a triumphant ending because everyone loves a hero, so that's yeah. what we get here. But we all know that it, it was triumph- not no. that easily resolved. In fact, they are still dealing they are still dealing with it in different ways. But the show ends to much applause and Brian says to Michael and Justin, well, you know, don't thank me at once because he's no like, one, hey, this yeah. is a weird response <laughs> to, no one's happy. to everything that I've invested into this. And they are both so frustrated with each other. They can't even think about Brian. Michael goes to get a drink and Brian asks Justin what's going on. And Justin tells him, well, we're not speaking. And then he goes on to tell him why. And Brian says, well, he was just looking out for me. He's just being a friend, a sidekick. Just and, like Zephyr. And he, yeah, and he also says that Justin needs to put aside his personal feelings and not let that get in the way of the success of his comic book. But Justin's just not wired that way. No. And also, you know, doing this started out as a fun venture, yes, but it also turned into a therapeutic exercise for Justin. Mm-hmm. It was a way for him to talk about something that deeply affected him and that right. affects him still. And while they were at the very early stages of creating, they talked about the need for transparency and trust. And so that established something that made Justin feel like he could go to Michael about his personal issues, about his relationship issues. And I feel like Michael betrayed that trust. Betrayed all yeah, of that. Not just in their personal life, but in their professional life. So if I'm just, I'm like, no, I'm not going to be able to easily no. put aside my feelings. I don't care about the money. Exactly. <laughs> you know? and, and I know we already passed it. I'm going to look back to it again. But um, if Michael really felt something was up, he should have said, hey, what was that I saw? Yeah. You know what I'm like, I mean, a little yeah. conversation should have been had. Not like you sneaking around and then you go and tell Brian. I know. Like, I feel know like Justin has every right to be upset with yeah. Michael because you you betrayed me. You know, you made me feel like you were a safe place and you were going to be my friend and I could trust you and I could talk to you about my issues and my problems. You sat there and let me open up to you about these things. And then how much did you really care about me if you just took it and, and ran with it? Or you took it and did nothing with it, actually. And then when you saw something that could be used to hurt me, that's right. the thing that you go tell? Exactly. But anyway, yeah, Brian says, you know, don't piss on your achievement. A very interesting and deliberate choice of words yeah. because he literally did that to their stuff. Yeah. But uh, I think what Brian is saying is that he's not saying what Michael did was right. And I wish he would just explicitly come out and say that, but I think he is looking out for Justin in his way. He wants him to be successful in this because this is a stream of income for Justin. Mm-hmm. And it's and so it's kind of Brian's weird way of looking out for him and making sure he'll be okay financially. And Well, it's not a weird way of Brian looking out for him. This is Brian looking out for him. Yeah, no, it he, is. It he literally is. put him on the track like to be successful. Right. I mean, that ad campaign that Brian just ran for them would have cost them, you know, thousands. Yeah. You know, I mean, he went all out. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no way they could have done this on their own. Yeah. And so I, I really think that's what it is. He's not saying you need to get over it, let Michael be Michael. It's just... Hey, at the end of the day, this is something that could work for your benefit, whatever, with you and Michael. But just, hey, do take advantage of this opportunity that you have here. Then we see Emmett at the bar, and uh, he's going for a pretty purple drink, and he finds Ted there. Ted tries to run away, and Emmett tells him, hey, stop running. You don't need to be embarrassed. Um, he tells him, you're you're brave. Like It takes a, takes a lot of courage to put your feelings out there, your emotions out there. He says, you're very smart. You've got a nice body. You're funny. You know, just building him up. You know, here are all these great things about you. And as Emmett is staring into those puppy dog eyes, he starts to see the, uh, things in a different light. And he suddenly kisses Ted. 
So I knew this was brewing, but like we Girl, said, I distracted you from this for a couple episodes. And I have but... been asking you. <laughs> I was like, yo, what's up with him? Like I said, are they going to be together? They look like they're, 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 they're flirting. Yeah. When he kissed Ted. I mean, like when he was saying it and started moving in, I was like, you lucky we weren't close tonight because I would have popped Chad. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh my God, shut up. I know he's not going to do it. Yeah. And then they lean in for the kid. Oh my God, I am blown away. I'm blown mm-hmm, away. Mm-hmm. I, I'm happy. Like, I, I'm happy. I could you not know, believe for it. For me, I think it was, it's such a like, I don't know, like, because I'm so used to them being Emmett and Ted as friends. And so to see them making this transition or considering this transition, even if it's just like a drunken moment this night and they might wake up tomorrow and be like, what the heck just happened? Um, It's so. Even though I like saw it coming, it still feels a little bit, <laughs> you're a little bit jarring almost. You know? Right. Well, I will say sometimes the best of friends make the best of partners. Yeah. I mean, like if you're half-ass friends, then no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that y'all should go and do that. But I really truly feel that Emmett would never do anything intentionally to hurt Ted. They would always be open and honest. Like they say, they already share everything mm-hmm, with one, one mm-hmm. another. And I They've believe, seen each other at their worst yeah, and their lowest. Exactly. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ted would never, I mean, he's the hopeless romantic. Mm-hmm. He would never do anything to jeopardize, you know, losing Emmett or even hurting Emmett. He mm-hmm. knows what Emmett's worth is. He knows everything Emmett's been through. So, I mean, they really could make yeah. you know, a fantastic power couple. Yeah. I, yeah, I think so. And, you know. And he helped them start his company. If it wasn't for Emmett, mm-hmm. there would be no jerk at work. And, I mean, they have had bad luck with all their other relationships. Both and, of them. So, it could work. <laughs> uh, back on the dance floor, Justin and Daphne are walking through the crowd, and Melanie and Lindsay find them. And they tell Justin that Brian is looking for him. And Justin's very surprised by that. He didn't believe it at first. And I'm they surprised. say, Well, of course he is. It's your big night. He wants to spend it with you. So Justin goes off to find his man. But before he does that, we see Michael and Ben, and they're having a talk. And they're talking about Tibet. And uh, Ben ultimately tells Michael that he's not going. He says, I already have everything I need. I don't need to go to Tibet to find it. So Ben is a dream. <laughs> this man is a dream come true. Uh, Michael doesn't even deserve a man like this. He he really doesn't because Ben, he's done all this research. He put in all this work to go to Tibet, you know, and he knows that how much it's going to hurt Michael or he doesn't want Michael to be worried, you know, for months and millions of miles away. He, he doesn't want to leave Michael behind, things like that. He chooses to put himself on the back burner for this man. I mean, he's a dream. Like, I mean, you just, you yeah. just don't find Yeah, well, I think like it's like, you know, he was looking for something to give him some inner peace or whatever and to make Michael's him feel fulfilled. Or con- uh, no, but Ben somehow thinks that no. he's going to find it in Michael. But No, 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 no. I'm Michael's definitely withhold. not the inner piece. Yeah. <laughs> With old comment. So Justin is trying to find Brian, and um, he's looking for him throughout Babylon, and he goes into the back room, and side note, there's a song playing, and it's one that Kanye West samples, but I don't want to give too much attention to Kanye West. So. Uh. Anyway, he uh, goes to the back room, and he does find Brian there, and he is literally and figuratively screwing himself, basically. Yeah. I mean, um, they lock eyes, and the pain on Justin's face just kills me. My heart cracks. Yeah, and there's this final little exhale from Justin where I was like, okay, well, that's what it is. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay, like- I mean, so, look, y'all know I defend Brian all the time. I defend Justin as well, but I mean, this is Justin's night 
and it's his night. Yeah, and you, you, my fucking mom is out here. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to get to Brian's why in a little bit. There is but no first, why. There, there, he has a why, but first I want to focus on on this. Like, this came across as very disrespectful, you know? Um, as a case in point example of everything Justin has said, you don't care about me. Like, you take my night where we're supposed to be celebrating my accomplishment after publicly reliving what was possibly the worst experience of my life, yep. and you're getting off in the back room with yourself, well, with rage, but you know what I mean. I mean, talk about ego <laughs> and self-absorption. So earlier, you know, at Michael's shop, Justin had told Michael, well, Brian did all this stuff for himself. And while I don't think that's true, you think it's true, I don't think that's true. If you're Justin, with all this other stuff clouding your mind, this is exactly what you were talking about. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And I know everyone, buddy, everybody wants to talk about Brian's pain, and we'll we'll get there. We'll deal with that uh, in the later scene. But please I can't, about his pain. I can't gloss over Justin's, it's, you know. And I know that there are Justin haters and people who think that he's a brat or needy, that he doesn't deserve Brian, uh, and they're one hundred percent entitled to their opinion. But I just have a very hard time understanding how anyone can look at what just happened in the context of it all, and yes. not feel something for Justin in this Thank moment. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not uh, saying you have to, but I just don't understand. If you have a heart, you would understand. <laughs> Listen, I want to challenge y'all, okay? She may not. <laughs> she may not. But I want to challenge y'all. This boy is hurt. He's literally crying out for numerous episodes. Like you yeah. just said, everything you listed. Yeah. And then on the one night, bro. One night, you keep it in your pants. One night. This is a huge night for me. You are literally in the back. And then the way, the way he looks at him, it was like he had a smirk. Like, yeah, I got rage. You know, like, bro, it's not cool. Okay. And the fact that y'all can even come down on a night at the time, you know, 19 year old. I mean, he's, we saw we met him at 18, but he's 19 now. Yeah, 19 now. The fact that y'all can come down on a 19 year old and you can totally disregard the actions of a 30 year old. I mean, come on, y'all. Come on. Yeah. This boy is hurt. Uh, Yeah, this is just not... Like I said, we'll talk about his why. and we don't. You don't have to agree with his why or like his why or whatever. It doesn't justify anything. But we'll talk about the what I think is Brian's why in a little bit. But So Justin comes out of the back room, and I think he's just completely lost and crushed. And at this point, it's like, okay, I don't see a path forward. Like, everything that I thought was true, I feel like Brian just proved it just now in the back room and so when he comes out who does he see standing there looking like the answer to all of life's problems oh i know ethan gold <laughs> and uh he tells justin that he tried to move on but he can't and um he's like you know i, I just keep thinking about you i can't even play my beethoven or whatever so brian comes out and he sees them talking and then he sees them kissing kissing now kissing. the no kissing was justin's rule and so it's like he broke Justin broke the rule to be with this person, broke several rules to be with this person. And now Brian's actually seeing it. He's watching him not only break the rules, but run to this other man. And uh well, you he know, didn't run to him. <laughs> well, he ran into him, I yeah, guess. I yeah. Um, but there's there's a, an interesting look on Brian's face when he sees Ethan and then he and then Justin notices him, like they both notice Brian standing there looking at them. Uh, and then and Ethan's looking back at Brian, and I don't think he's looking at him mockingly, like no, he won and Brian lost. Uh, that's, that's not what I see. I know we're all supposed to hate Ethan, so maybe they're looking. They both. I think Ethan 
is looking embarrassed and shocked again. I think Ethan is aware of what Ryan is losing and what this means. Right. And so, I don't, it's not necessarily pity, but it's something that's maybe like a distant cousin to. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know? No, I agree. I agree. Mm hmm. And uh, I think Justin looks back and I think that, I think he's waiting to see if if there's just going to be anything, you know, if maybe. If Brian's going to make Brian's a move. If Brian's going to be jealous, if he's going to say something, if he's going to do anything. anything. But but no, you know, Brian, Brian doesn't. Um, he. Uh, that nonverbal watches, communication yeah. was all Justin needed. Yeah. And, and, and then as Justin turns around, he wants to look back one more time because we all know he wants Brian. But something in him is like, no. Yeah. And he he's, walks he's, out. He's not coming. Yeah. He's not coming. He's just not going to come. Like, yeah. as much as I want him to, he's not coming. I am not turning around this time. And, I mean, he walked out with his head high. His head, head held high. Yeah. I had to give him three snaps. Like, okay, <laughs> come through. I'm, I'm here for you. Yeah. So, Brian watches Justin go, and he's hurt, and he's, I think he's angry. I think even though he knew this was coming, as we've said since season one, Brian has always expected Justin to leave for someone else. But there's a difference in expecting something to happen and actually seeing it happen. Well, to be honest, this is Brian's fault. He pushed him away. (laughs) He pushed him away. Uh, I'm going to expand on that in a minute. Yeah, so I think this being abandoned, being left, being unwanted is what Brian has feared the most. And we talked about that, how him fearing it is what actually manifested it almost. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's happening like right... It's funny that it's happening right in the place where he's always been the king who reigns supreme, you know, where he honed that Brian Kenny persona. That's the place where his fear becomes a reality, the place where he's felt so in control and so on top of the world. That's where it all comes crashing down. And so he stands there and he's watching the man he loves walk away with someone else, someone younger, someone more readily in touch with their emotions and more free in expressing them. Right. All the things that Brian is insecure about, he watches Justin leave with someone that Brian feels like he could never be, that he he can never offer that that to to Justin. Now I do think that he got to a place where he felt like he did offer something. He didn't think it was that great, but he and so I don't think Brian wants to be a romantic fool, but I do think there's a part of him that wants to be enough, that wanted to and hoped he would be enough for Justin. Mm-hmm. And uh that's a want he's never had before. And so as he's standing there before Justin leaves. We see Brian take off his mask. And I think that's a last-ditch effort to get Justin to see him. But also, I think he wants Justin to see that he does care. He does let that mask down, let his guard down a bit. So Justin can see that it's not that he's unaffected. But in my mind, I also think that he wants Justin to see that I am letting you go. Not like you release a prisoner, but more like... If you need, if you need, Yeah, if you need something that you're not getting from me, if someone else can make you happy... Even if it hurts me, I'm going to let you go be happy. And he wants Justin to see that he's not stopping him from finding what he thinks he needs. And so I think Brian came, he just came to understand and accept that Justin simply wasn't happy. Um, He wasn't finding what he needed in that relationship. And I'm not going to take shots at Justin here because there are things that Brian can't offer Justin, but there are also things that he refuses to offer Justin. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Uh, But Brian got to a place where he had to say, okay, if I can't or won't give him what he needs, I have to let let him him go. go. And I say all that because um, I think that, 
Okay, so here's why I talked about Brian's why. I think he knows that Justin was having a hard time letting go, so he made the decision for him. I think he pushed him right off of Kenny Cliff on purpose. You know, when he saw him in the back room, like, I think he did it on purpose. I almost didn't give a comment. <laughs> Go ahead I and give it. I literally almost did not give a comment. No, give it. I mean, yes, that that could be said, but that's taking the easy way out. No, Brian just doesn't have any self-control. Brian's always going to be in the back room. He always has to be the center of attention. He made it about himself. He did not push, push on a... Off the Kenny Cliff. He, he's done that in the past, yes, but he did not do it this time, no. I get where you're coming from. No. I, you know, I, I respect your opinion. I'm going to keep my opinion. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I respect yours too, Michelle. I'm sorry. I'm, oh, no. I don't know we why don't I'm so angry. We, don't, we, don't, we know we respect each other's yes, opinions. But I don't, but yeah. And I just want to apologize to the listeners. I don't know why I'm so angry tonight. You know what I'm saying? Something about this episode <laughs> then brought out because like Because it, it hurts to see, you know... I'll tell you why, because in this episode, you can choose tears or anger. We have yeah. both chosen anger. I'm yeah. angry at Michael, and you're angry at Brian. <laughs> yes, no, for real. Like, yeah. God. Because um, you know, I love, when Justin, go back to the other episodes that I, uh, that we did yeah. on this. I love Justin and Brian together. Yeah. Like, this is killing me. This is making me upset. Yeah. I mean, God. You know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make Brian, like, this great hero or whatever, because look, I don't know that if Justin went to Brian and said just like, hey, Look, tell me point blank how you feel about me. I don't know that Brian would have given him a straight answer. Right. They, because they've had versions of that conversation for the past four or five episodes and they didn't get any closer to a resolution. <laughs> right. But, um, but Brian is very perceptive and he knows how badly Justin has been struggling. Now, and, but he did choose silence and so did Justin in, in some ways. Uh, but Justin would talk about it, but not always to Brian or when he did talk to Brian. I think his own preconceived notions may have, might have blocked his hearing a little bit. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, you can disagree, but I do think in that last scene, that's Brian loving Justin enough to give him a chance to go find what he needs, even if it's in the arms of someone else. Why couldn't he have done it in a more mature way? Like, hey, I know you're suffering. Okay. I can't give you... Okay, because that's not Brian. I get it. Well, because... Okay, because... No, it's not Brian. Because remember how he got Michael to yeah, stop clinging yeah, to him? Yeah. He pushed him off of Kenny Cliff. Uh, he outed him to Tracy, had that party, and invited Dr. Dr. David, and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. That's how Brian does it. That's the only way he knows how to <laughs> do uh, things. Oh, well, yeah. He pushed Is him off it? the cliff. Okay, you know what? <laughs> Come through with the... Uh, analogies. I love that. Okay, you know. So yeah, yeah I mean, he, he kind of like forced his hand. You kind of right. I do. Yeah, I definitely think he forces him because he's like, you're you're not choosing, and I'm not gonna make you stay because of my own stuff going on. And so, yeah, he just forced him to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which Justin needed to make a decision anyway. It wasn't fair to Brian, Ethan, or Justin to have the three of them in limbo like that. So he did need to make a decision. So Brian just kind of took the decision away from him. I'm not saying that, that was the right thing to do. But I think in Brian's mind, that's what he was doing. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in, in some ways, you might disagree, but I do think that's, in some ways, that's one of the most loving things that he does for him. He knows, Brian knows his own limitations, those that he chooses and those that he can't help. And he knows that right now he can't or won't give Justin any more than what he's given him. So, yeah, I think he's just like... No, I, I agree. I just don't like the way he loves then. <laughs> you know, like I have an issue with the way you love. If that <laughs> well, because Justin wasn't leaving, he was continuing to come Why back. Why does he and want so him to leave, though? He doesn't, but he's like, clearly, you're not happy here, and you haven't left yet. Okay, so 
at the end, before Justin walks out, him and Brian, you know, the last thing in that look, I think, right before they Justin turns away, it's like, okay, well, this is what it is then. Um, and then as Justin leaves with Ethan, Brian puts his mask back in place and the symbolism there, you know, them just slipping back into that. Yeah. Uh, and then he's dancing and he's pushing up on some hot guy. And hot. He, he acts like Justin didn't just walk out with his heart in mind. <laughs> um, and Debbie and Michael see this. Yeah. And Debbie may not have a clue who Ethan is or what's really going on, but she sees Brian's face and she sees Justin turn away from Brian and walk out with this other guy. Mm-hmm. And she knows that they trick, but she also knows that that's not what this is. Yeah. And Debbie... Debbie knew that Brian loved Justin before Brian knew. <laughs> so Debbie needs to go have a talk with Sunshine because she had said like they haven't had a long a lot of um talks in a long time. Yeah. Okay, now listen. I was gonna be done with Michael, but I just can't. I have to get this in before we finish. <laughs> I wanna be like, you know, Michael, why aren't you over there right now trying to make sure he's okay? Yeah. You, know? you just let him go right back to his tricking and his dancing. Like, where's all that best friending inside yeah. getting at now? And I'm going to go ahead and get this off, too, uh, because I'm hurt and I'm sad and I just want to be angry. <laughs> because another thing <laughs> is this. When Justin could have capitalized on Michael and Brian being on the outs, you know, after Michael's birthday party, when Brian was inviting Justin over to the law for ice cream kisses and whatnot, right. what did Justin do? He went out of his way to get the two of them back together. When when Michael was insulting him and couldn't really stand him being around, he went out of his way to reconnect them. And after the bashing, when Brian was spending spending a ton of time checking on Justin, and Michael had just gotten back from being tossed up out of Portland by Dr. David, Uh! who was the person who reminded Brian that he had someone else in his life who loved him and wanted some of his time? That was Justin. Girl, let him know. Yeah. (laughs) So... Michael done got caught in my crossfire tonight. No, for but real. Girl, you anyway. just read his ass like a book. Okay. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. Um, so around the club, everyone else is having a grand old time. And we we see even Ted and Emmett are dancing together. And then we close on Brian's face. And if you look at his eyes there, they go back to a blankness and an emptiness that we haven't seen in a while. I'm going to say since the pilot episode. Right. But yeah, now y'all know I am team Brighton to my core. <laughs> so me too. This breaks my little heart, but I do have to say I just they're just not in a healthy place or an emotionally compatible place right now. And so while I do think and wish the breakup could have been avoided, um, it requires some things that they just can't or won't do at this time. And it's not fair to either one, right? Yeah, and so maybe this is just the right decision for for where they are and. It was beautiful while it lasted, and uh, we at Liberty Diner Dish. I do not want this to be over. Yeah. Like, you know, we'll always have season one and season two. That's not. <laughs> yeah. You gonna make me cry? I'm gonna go see. Look, I'm bipolar in my emotions, girl. Yeah. I'm gonna go from mad to sad. Like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I was not expecting this. This playing with my heart, shit. Yeah. It's too much. Because it's. I think what's so hard is like because it's so clear. How much they care about each yeah. other. And it's just like, if you could have just done this, and if you could have done that, and if we could have shifted this right here, like, this could have all been avoided. But they're very new to this. This is a mm-hmm. first relationship, a first love. And so, naturally, there are going to be bumps, and there are going right. to be bruises. And sometimes you can come back from it. Sometimes you come back as friends. Sometimes you come back as something different. And sometimes you don't. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that, you know, Ethan... Has to leave the country or something. You know? 
<laughs> Maybe he gets that tour yeah, or whatever that tour. and it takes him away. Yeah, and then you know I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. Brian, you know, sees Justin out there painting on the street now because he ain't living in the high dollar loft and yeah. he comes out there and buys one of those paintings and he shit. He's having to do caricature drawings yeah, for five dollars yeah, yeah, on the street now. That part, you know. So, I mean, like, he comes back and saves him his knight in shining armor. Like, come on, Brian, come through for him, please. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I don't know. I think that there um Justin might not be thinking this, but I think that there could be something compelling about what a life with Ethan would bring out of Justin in kind of a self serving way. Because Justin would have to be more sufficient, more yeah. self assured. Yep. And he was all of those things before, and then living the struggling artist life would require him to have to find those things again. Yeah. You know, he and Ethan both would be hustling to make ends meet, and Justin wouldn't be Prince of Babylon anymore, and a lot of the perks that came from being with ba- with Brian would be gone, and he'd have to stand on his own two feet. I'm not saying he was a kept man before, because that's definitely not what he wanted to be. Right. Uh, but he did have a lot of conveniences as a, as a part of being with Brian, and he would have to recover some of that grit and that self-determination and really just find himself, as cliche as that sounds. And so I think a part of him does want to find that again, does want to yeah. discover that again. And yeah. I, I would say what makes me appreciate and have a, a shit ton of respect for Justin is that he literally has walked away from all of that. Right. I mean, he chose that in that moment. Justin's a smart guy. He knows in that moment, me doing this. There's no turning back. Yeah. I'm like, like, I mean, no place to live. Like, yeah. he was paying my tuition. Yeah. I've got, yeah. Uh-huh, like, like, there's no turning this back. This whole friend group that I have, like, I don't know what they're going to yeah. think about me now. They just witnessed this. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. uh, I embarrassed him in front of his friends. I embarrassed him in front of his stomping grounds, you know, yeah. on his stomping grounds. And I mean, like, literally, like, it's just, there's no point of no return. Right. And so I think not only is the, the easy as far as like I don't have to dig and figure out how he feels about me or if I'm significant or whatever. So that that easy part is appealing. But I also think this other part of I'm gonna be an equal in this, I think that's enticing to to Justin. It too. is. But boy, splitting bills and shit ain't cool. No, you, that ain't cute or cool. It, no, it is definitely ain't <laughs> cute. Um you had it made. Yeah. You weren't paying no bills. You were running around, you know what I'm saying, just doing whatever you wanted to do. You had time to go out there and thought and shit. Now you ain't gonna have no time for that. You're gonna be tired because you're working two jobs trying to go to school. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be out there drawing on the street like we said already. He can be playing <laughs> yeah. that damn violin early in the morning. You can't sleep. Yeah. I mean, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me let me say one thing to be clear. I'm not saying that Ethan is going to teach or give Justin all those things that he could discover in that relationship. I'm just saying being in a new environment might give Justin space and room. Girl, he's going to have to fight. And force him. Yeah. yeah he's going to have to fight him. to survive. Yeah. yeah so He's going to find him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I think that there are ways that he can grow being in this new situation. Um, we literally see them laying on crates. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like crates. Um, he's going to get real street savvy. He's going to find like out who he Ethan's is. It looks like Ethan's place smells like dirty socks oh, and yeah. tobacco and beef and jerky. And Funyuns. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I smell. I see Funyuns for sure. And I see he got some incense, but the, the uh, Funyuns and I socks I think I would much. never be undressed. Never. You know? like I'd always have shoes on. But yeah. Never. Hell, Ethan don't even look clean. Okay? <laughs> he really does He always look a little dingy to me. I'm Just like, a little uh, bit. Like, uh-uh. Yeah, they must be on a water plane or something yeah. where you've got to ration out like yeah. showers and stuff. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. boy, that hair ain't been washed. It always look oily. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, get it together. Dry shampoo, Ethan. Yeah, that, that's some. the trick. Yeah. 
Um, what a season, though. Girl, oh my god. What a freaking season. I mean, y'all, the writers, y'all do not disappoint. They do okay? not. You guys. This season was incredible. I mean, they took us on all kinds of journeys with all of the characters, you know, with George and Emmett, yeah. with Ted and, you know, in and that just different starting, gu- his business. starting his business I mean, with the girls and having Lita come in and them trying to just to having a baby and just, you know, other things like that. I mean, it was just so a lot. Mm-hmm. Much, Even so Debbie, much. she got her a man. So. Oh, my God. Debbie got yeah. her a man. Uh-huh. Yeah. For real. Like, I mean, you guys. Michael got a new love interest. It was just, there's a whole lot. A lot. A lot, a lot, lot. This season. And I never saw this ending coming. No. I mean, the way that y'all, y'all play every episode so perfect. Uh, yeah. What a season. I mean, wow. What a season. And everybody knows this is my first time watching. For real. This is my true first time watching all the way through episode one through 20 of a season. And this one, and it was phenomenal. Yeah. It was it was crazy. And um hope y'all enjoyed my ride with me because I, I love it. <laughs> like, yeah. This show is crazy. Yeah, they get you sucked in. I mean, you really feel like these are your people. This is real life. And you're so invested in like, what are they gonna do? What's gonna happen with Eminem's head? Are they no, gonna thanks. make it? And yeah. Girl, I'm I'm so happy I don't have to wait, you know, like wait <laughs> those damn six months to a year to see yeah. the next season. Because the way this ended with Emin and Ted together, Justin walking out with somebody else, I mean, I would have been ripping the cord out the TV. Mom. And just to see what does this do to Brian? Does it change him at all? Does right. he go right back to season one, episode one? Like, I want to see him go Brian? through a mini depression. He hasn't been to Brian. Where's Brian? Michael coming over with soup and shit. Brian can't get out of bed. He went. He ain't been to Babylon in three weeks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He ain't, he ain't answered nobody's calls. None of, none of that. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, that's. Are we gonna get any of that in season three? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Oh Lord, have mercy! <laughs> oh my God! Like we always say, until next time, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.